0: Welcome to the Sports Sancho's Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company radio network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny.
1: Mm, are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I got a brand new microphone, Mr. Cuthbert.
0: Well, let's go! Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! What's it all up, baby? Happy New Year, everybody! We're back! Go truly miss Mr. Paul Cuthbert from the great state of New York. And ladies and gentlemen, please say hi to everybody. Mr. Cuny from the great state of Maryland. Man, I'm out of practice. I don't know what to say anymore. Here we go. Well,
1: hey, it has been a year. Uh-huh. Since the last time we talked to each other. Hey, greetings and salutations, everybody. I know you're like, who's this golden-throated podcaster that Mr. Cuthbert is with? It's still me. It's still Dopey Rob Cuny. I, just, I got some new equipment, new for 2022. That's, uh, that's my motto. Great. new you for got a, 2020. you. got all your
0: prescriptions filled and you got some new equipment. Nice. I do. I
1: do. I'm, I'm all I'm all, you know, medicated up and, you know, got my new Rodecaster Pro, not a sponsor of the of the Sports Sancho's, but you know, whatever. Wow. Monday wow.
0: maybe. Wow. Wow, it's it, I'm See, that's why my intro sucked. I'm just you know, we were doing a little pre-show checkup here and I I'm still it's like falling in love for the first time with someone, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a little obsessed here. At the quality of Mr. CUNY's voice on the other side. It's, um, it's very captivating,
1: I know. And I have to, I would be remiss <laughs> if I didn't say uh, a big uh, sports honchos thank you to the unluckiest woman in the world, one Grace Chen, for purchasing this fine piece of equipment uh, as a birthday, holiday, Hanukkah, for the rest of my life sort of gift. So, you know, this is it for it. For, for the rest of our relationship, this is the last gift I'll get. But that's fine, because it's really nice.
0: <laughs> well, it's all good, man. And thank you, Grace. Your man has never sounded better. It's great Hi. stuff. <laughs> Woo-hoo! So, hey, buddy, how you doing? When's the last time we spoke? I think it was in 2021.
1: Uh, yeah, the week before Christmas. Week so, before it all went down. December 15th. I mean, that's in the sports world. That's eons ago.
0: Yeah, man, a lot has happened. What about of, yourself? Outside of getting a sexy new uh, microphone and uh, Roadcast the Pro here, I mean, what else is going on, Miss CUNY? How's the fam. Know, How you doing? Just,
1: li- just living the dream. You know, back to work. We had uh, some snow here last week, so winter vacation was extended by three days. I don't know about up in your part of the uh, country, but we had. Is that why you're snow, so but-
0: relaxed? You seem very relaxed tonight.
1: Yeah, I mean I should be I should be ramped up and tense for the end of this semester, but I'm coming off, you know, a, a week and a half school week last week, because we had snow on Monday and snow again Thursday. You know, combine that with we've got like a hundred bus drivers in our school district who called out. Um, so kids are like, Well, how are we gonna get to school? And I think the county just said for Friday, nah, look, we got some snow, we don't have bus drivers, just you know, stay home, enjoy yourselves.
0: I don't know if you saw the the jobs reports. Nobody's working anymore. Nobody's going in. Nobody's taking jobs. It's, uh... I don't think anybody
1: wants to drive a test tube full of COVID cases. That's why the (laughs) bus drivers are calling out.
0: That would be my guess. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, did you, uh... Well, first of all, I heard you went up to the Adderock Mountains or something like that.
1: We, um... go mountain climbing? Yeah. The fam and I went to uh, Deep Creek Lake, which is in Garrett County, which is way over in the western part of Maryland. So if Maryland looks like a gun, which it does, it would be at the end of the barrel. All right. We were equidistant from Pittsburgh and from west by God, Virginia. Wow. That's where we spent about five days there. It was very nice. We We rented a house on the lake. Even though it was you know, winter time, we didn't go swimming. But it was nice. There was plenty to do. It's a good family place, places to eat, lots of recreation. It's good in both the winter and the summer months. And no, I was not paid to be a shill for the good people in Garrett County, Maryland. <laughs> but it was fun. It was very nice. It was very relaxing. It was a good time. The boys went. Grace went. Kay went. My mom went. You know, the whole mishpucha. That's great, my man. Say. And did you do anything fun over the holiday besides have... Countless numbers of people in your house on Christmas no, day. Well,
0: you can't have countless peoples at your house anymore, Rob. Those days are gone. I'm sorry, I forgot. We Come on, we man. Are, We're
1: still in a pandemic.
0: Yeah, I know. It's uh, no, we had a lovely time. Uh, small stuff, you know, a little bit of the uh, in laws and the outlaws and us laws and all that stuff. And in laws and outlaws, I like yeah, all that stuff. So it was uh, it was nice. Very nice. Hey, look, the bottom line. We talked about it before. The the kids. It's all about the kids. The kids had a great time. We had a great vacation right and uh i took a nice break unplugged it was very nice and um not uh you know all of us in the music industry uh tons of shows were canceled a lot of my um fellow uh musicians out here in tri-state up along uh, probably across the whole country but a lot of people lost a lot of work before christmas it was kind of all that stuff but we got a big show here on saturday night where we're we're plowing through we're looking forward to it and getting back on the shtick, and Playing uh, my first, uh, second solo show, actually, in the new year. Tomorrow night. So it's been nice to get back out in front of some people, play some tunes. And then hopefully, like I said, we can start turning a corner here and, and get back into it. But a wonderful holiday all around, Mr. CUNY. And I'm oh, good. already so, looking forward to so, the spring.
1: Question for you. When you do your solo shows, do you play a lot of the same songs you play with the Jimmy Kenny Beach Band?
0: No, I play. No, I probably rarely play any of those songs. Maybe one or two.
1: Is it all like an? Is a quiet acoustic night with original recordings?
0: No, it's it's a rocking. You will hear everything from um, the Gin Blossoms to Frank Sinatra, baby. You come to a Paulie show, I give it all of you. I mean,
1: that is quite a spectrum. The Gin oh, Blossoms, yeah. to Frank Sinatra. Oh
0: yeah, and more. Yeah, no, I mix it up, man. And I'll have a lot of fun. It's, it's uh it's a, it's a nice little uh, in between the the big band stuff because most of the the band stuff that we do are tribute acts and we just stick with one thing and. Um, and then I get to do this. It's, I would say it's like top 40. Days of radio is what I call it, you know? Days mm-hmm. before the, the iPod came out and streaming right. and all that stuff, uh, when we all used to listen to our, our favorite stations and, you know, sit there with cassette decks or whatever, and just, that's when, when music was yeah. good, Rob. You know, when we were kids.
1: Yeah, that's true. Right. Back in the, when we rode our dinosaurs and listened to music on that's the right. backs of our brontosauri.
0: Watch yes. Mel yes. Allen baseball this <laughs> week, you know?
1: <laughs> I'll tell you, that's something, by the way, that has aged very well. The say what you will about technology, but baseball on the radio still can't be beat.
0: Good stuff. More so than H- any other sport. Hockey radio still good, too. I think all sports radio is still pretty good, football and all that other stuff.
1: Yeah, you know, I think basketball and hockey are a little hard on the radio. Football is pretty good, but baseball, because of the pace um, and because of the people who broadcast for the most part, they – they're good. It's just it's very entertaining. It's a good way to kinda of kill some time it as background noise, a baseball game.
0: I agree with you that the, the call of a baseball game it's it's I mean a lot of the guys is a lot of space in there. And one of right. my favorite was um Oh my god. Well there's there's in early days with the, the Mets, there's kind of corner obviously, but um oh my god, who used to do the Mets? Bob 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 Murray? Who did the Mets? Bruce Murray? No. I don't know. That, that's but he would be great because the joke about him, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. This is terrible. But I'm not a Met fan, but I grew up on Long Island and Chase Stadium. I went to a few games. Let's used to listen to Mets back in the day. Um, but, um, you know, he'd be like, hey, long deep fly ball to right center field. Members only jackets are brought to you. You know, before, yeah. you know he, all <laughs> the sponsorship that goes on in between. Right. And there has to be, uh, like, even, um, you know, all baseball guys have to. They have, this, they have to have so much information in between pitches and swings and all that other stuff. So it's, you know, whereas hockey is, and baseball is pretty much rolling. And the football guys have to do a lot of that too because football is very slow to watch, especially live.
1: Football? Yeah. It's not slow to watch.
0: Live? Like in the building? Yeah.
1: No. Get out of here. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't move as fast as hockey or as basketball, or basketball, but it's not that slow. Yes, it is. Okay.
0: Special teams in between downs. On TV, no. you don't see it because there's all kinds of different stuff going on. They're moving around at different angles. I've been to football games. Right. And they can take a long time.
1: Well, they do take three hours. Exactly. Especially Think? when, if, and if there's not a lot of running, it takes a long time. Passing doesn't take as long, and they stop the clock after an incomplete pass. Yeah, it can be.
0: Thank you. It, Thank you. I'm not going
1: to say it. I won't say It's slow. It's slow. I won't say it's slow, but
0: it's (laughs) kind of slow. how You're talking to me right now. You seem very somber. What's going on? Where's Mr. Cooney from 2021?
1: It's not as as wham bam as hockey or basketball. I'll give you that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like Nate at the end of Ted Lasso. What's going on with you? You've changed. I haven't changed. Do you watch Ted Lasso?
1: Only my voice has. No, I've never watched Ted Lasso. I've never watched the Lasso. Sorry, I don't have Apple TV. It's an excellent show. I can oh, only on. purchase loaded. so come many on. streaming services. You, yeah. you forget that I'm, I'm a civil servant. We have no money. We have a little.
0: Thanks for listening to our show, ladies and gentlemen. Rob has to go out and find a second job.
1: Yeah. Oh, this was my second job. Still, <laughs> still, still waiting for that paycheck. How's that working out? I, if, I've. Has corporate not gotten my new address? I've only been here for uh, four and a half years, so.
0: Well, they were holding out until you got this Roadcaster Pro and the new microphone mm-hmm. and everything, so now it's probably coming a little sooner.
1: And now well, the look, cash buddy. just flow right in.
0: Yes, you got it, man. All right, pal, so look, it's uh, episode 48, I believe. I, didn't, I said we're not going to make the 50. We're getting a little closer.
1: We are. We're creeping ever closer. We we might get to 50 before February. Mm. Wouldn't that be exciting?
0: Maybe before so. the uh, the mandate. You guys got the mask mandate going on in your state?
1: No. Uh, we, we've we had one for, I think, two or three months now. Oh, it, it's it's by county. So where I live, is a mask mandate, which may, I mean, last time I read it was probably going to go away before the end of this month, but who knows? It might stay in place for a little while longer. So
0: okay, who knows? I
1: we, don't know.
0: We, we had it till January 15th, and they extended it to February 1st. Yeah. So we're, we're almost there.
1: I don't see them going away anytime soon.
0: Ah, oh, come on. Live on the edge.
1: I they do live on the edge, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't. It's other people that don't live on the edge. I don't see them uh, coming back off of the edge <laughs> or guess, closer to the edge anytime soon.
0: All right, pal. So uh, we've been doing this thing, uh, episode number. We got a special uh, tribute to the episode with a sports uh, athlete or
1: two. Right. Or and you funny. We, we talked about the Mets for a few minutes, and today is episode 48 and 48 actually did not have a lot of like all time greats. I mean, there are some really good players, some active players, some retired players, but nobody that way really stood out. Like, like we had with uh 43, 44, 45, etc. But 48, speaking of the New York Mets is worn by who many consider myself included you to be Buck currently the, best, Mets? the best. Yes. Buck Showalter's Mets. Good job, Bucky. Um, Jacob deGrom of your New York Metropolitans, where number 48, who I consider uh, to be the best pitcher in baseball with just some very strange healthy. statistics. When he's healthy. So, you what? When he's healthy. When he's healthy, right. Um, You know, he did. You know, he did. I, I forgot that he started his Mets career at 26 before he made it to the major league. So it's kind of like. Wade Boggs, who started at 25, which today is unheard of. And think of what Wade Boggs could have done if he had started two or three years earlier in his career. So think of what DeGrom could have done you know, if he hadn't come up. In, you know, he spent four years in college, then he spent some time in the minors and finally makes his debut at 26. But in his eight seasons, two Cy Youngs, he was Rookie of the Year, four-time All-Star, he's won ERA titles, pitched in the World Series. But here's the thing that makes him so unbelievable is – Everything he's he has single handedly, and this for me is why I like him so much. He has single handedly proven that wins as a metric for how good a pitcher is vastly overrated. Overrated because he won back to back Scion's in 2018 2019. He was the most dominant pitcher in baseball. Would you like to know what his, his combined record for those two seasons was? Please, it was uh 21 and 17, okay. <laughs> 21 and 17, barely above 500. Um. And what's remarkable about him, and for Mets fans, they know every time he pitches he's going to give up zero or one runs and the Mets will score one less run than he gives up. He has pitched 1,261 innings, 198 starts, and yet he only has 77 wins against 53 losses, only 130 decisions in 198 starts. That's unheard of. His, he averages well over 200 innings innings. A season, which, you know, for a starting pitcher is normal. They usually go 2, 225. We're not going to see a pitcher go 300 innings anymore. That's just never going to happen. Um, so what he does, the domination without actually winning is remarkable. He, he could go to the Hall of Fame and not get to 100 victories. I'm not saying he's in now, but he certainly pitches a few more years like he's been doing. He'll walk into the Hall of Fame, again, possibly with the only non-reliever to have less than 100 wins and be in the hall of fame. Although I don't, I'd have to check what Sandy Koufax did. I'm pretty sure he's well over hundred wins, but he had a very short career. Um, that's the only comp that I can think of. So we have a clip, um, before the 2021 season, the uh, MLB network came out with their, you know, how the NFL does the hundred best players in the NFL. Well, the major league baseball did theirs as well. And I think DeGrom came in at number three, just pretty impressive for a pitcher. And this is Ron Darling talking about the greatness that is Jacob deGrom.
0: If you were going to show a young uh, 10-year-old yeah. this
1: is how you do it, is he as close to a perfect pitcher in the game. Science of pitching, he's the closest version to me of to the science of pitching. And what do I mean by that? Well, when we break him down and we look at all that he does, he's been able to change his game. He used to throw two seamers. Those are gone. He's a four-seam guy. He's going to spend a lot of time up in the strike zone. When he throws his slider, his slider comes out of the same tunnel. You can't tell if it's going to be 100 miles an hour or it's going to be that nasty slider that drops off the table. And he doesn't even use this pitch occasionally when he's struggling with his slider. He'll employ his changeup, and that works also. I've never seen a guy with better insides when guys are on base. And that really is the story. Isn't it guys? Every pitcher. Gets runners on base. It's how you prevent those runners from scoring. No one does it better, in my opinion, than Jacob DeGrom. And now that he's going into his age 34 season? Yes, he's going into his age 34 season. All the talk about the sticky stuff and pitchers like Garrett Cole, who have seemed to fall off a cliff once they started examining the glove and the hand and so on. DeGrom's velocity... Going into you know his mid to late 30s has only gotten higher. And there's no suspected steroid use. He's been checked for the sticky stuff, the spider tack, whatever it is they're using. So he's just getting better. And maybe not coming to the majors until he's 26 might prolong his career a little while longer. On the other hand, as you pointed out, he does, in the last couple of seasons, have trouble staying uh, healthy. But again, he's be 34 years old this season.
0: So, what, what if what if the uh MLB doesn't come back, buddy?
1: No, we'll lose another year. That. I'm I'm convinced that once they realize that the paychecks aren't coming in and that there's no gate in attendance and revenue is going to go down, um which we'll get to later on in the show, they'll come back. Right now they have nothing to lose. There's nothing to lose by being locked out because nothing is happening. Uh, right around the time that the Super Bowl was played, you know, mid-February when pitchers and catchers start to report and they got to ramp up spring training games, then we'll see some movement. For now, it's just, who cares? Everything's frozen. We don't have to pay big money contracts. Let's see what happens. It's kind of the perfect time for a lockout. So we'll see. Hopefully, uh, for Met fans and for fans of baseball, we see, you know, a full season of a healthy and uh, dominant Jacob deGrom.
0: Exciting. I'm real excited for the people in Flushing. You know, and you should get, be. Hopefully they get this very rich, old pitching staff onto the mound this year.
1: No, well, they got the right manager for it. Buck, baby. And Buck Showalter. You know, here's we, what Walter will get he will get the Mets to the doorstep of the World Series, like he did in Arizona and in New York and kind of in Baltimore. And then he'll be fired, and the next manager will come in and get them over the hump like they did in New York and Arizona. Sadly, not in Baltimore.
0: <laughs> is that why you're so out of it tonight? You're still...
1: I'm not out of it. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, get this the is, horns out. Time for headlines. This is who I am. Get out of here. I
1: don't know. I,
0: I think uh, you got this new unit.
1: Wait a minute. Don't talk about my new unit.
0: Come now, ladies and gentlemen, as always, here on The Honcho's. We so kick off the show, first one of 2022. Headlines that make you do lines, featuring your favorite Honjo and mine, Mr. Robert Cooney. Take it away, Mr. Cuny.
1: All right, so we have some uh, some stupid criminals. You know, if whenever you're starved for entertainment, just find articles about people who are criminals and what they do. None of them are missing Mensa meetings to commit these acts of. These atrocities, as it were. So let's start in um, in Delaware. Headline: World's worst bank robber is apprehended uh, moments after robbing a Wells Fargo branch in Delaware. A man deposited some of the stolen loot in an ATM. Right outside the bank's front door. No, it isn't. So, investigators say that McRoberts Williams, 44, approached a teller Saturday morning at a crowded Wells Fargo in Wilmington, handed her a note reading, "This is a robbery. I need 150 bucks." Can we just stop there for a minute? <laughs> if you're going to rob a bank and mortgage your future, 150 bucks at Harley seems worth it, unless that's you know all they have at a Wells Fargo in Delaware. After the 25-year-old bank employee provided Williams with cash, he fled the bank. But instead of racing from the crime scene, like your average bank robber, Williams exited the Wells Fargo and made a deposit in the ATM on the exterior of the building. <laughs> why not just? Why not just make a transfer? Why not just hold the gun to the teller and say, "I'd like to make a transfer, please, from anyone's account into my own." So uh, during. A- during a post-arrest interview, Williams reportedly confessed to the bank robbery and said the stolen cash was immediately deposited back into the Wells Fargo ATM. He claimed to have traveled to Delaware by riding on the exterior of a cargo train and that his mind is currently being controlled by a third party via okay, an got, implant located explained. somewhere all right, there in go. his body. What there a surprise. Got,
0: yeah, no, I was I was looking for a reason, you know, because it had what? to be that. Now, what? any, any, uh, how many years is he going to get that? <laughs> Are they going to say, all right, Patty? Go on your way now.
1: He's been charged. The felony robbery count is locked up in lieu of six thousand dollars bond. So, oh,
0: well, he's he's, he's looking hard. at hard
1: time, real real time. If he robbed you know, the bank for one hundred
0: fifty bucks. He, does, he doesn't six, have six grand. The, the
1: bond is more than the money he made out with.
0: Oh my so lord! question
1: for you: When he deposited that money into the ATM, was there a service charge? <laughs> no, just wondering. Okay, next drive-through worker kicked in hush puppy rage. This is a good story. <laughs> This is like the the movie where Chris Chris Rock asked for you know one rib, a pregnant employee. But let me just before I continue, the employee who was kicked in the stomach who was pregnant, she's fine, the baby's fine, Thank all you, is right with the world. Let's just get that out of the way. A pregnant employee was kicked in the stomach after be after a drive-through customer at a Long John Silver's in Indiana became irate upon being told that the restaurant would not sell a single hush puppy, as in just one. Not that they didn't have hush puppies, he just wanted to buy one hush puppy. Yes, sir.
0: Hold on a second. <laughs> yes, First sir. First of all, I didn't fucking know there was still Long John Silver's in place.
1: Right. Car. That's the most. That's the biggest and number piece. Number
0: two. Of what the. Okay,
1: so a pair of hush puppies. I thought it was
0: a, like a what do you call them? A stuffed animal.
1: A hush puppy is it's it's a it's a ball of cornmeal. If, oh, if you no. if we were two Jews, it would be like a matzo ball made out of cornmeal <laughs> and then deep fried. It's delicious. It's basically fried cornbread in a ball shape. And and a pair of hush puppies costs a dollar ninety five. This person. The 20-year-old victim was working yesterday afternoon at the Evansville Eatery when a customer came through the drive-thru and requested one hush puppy. When the worker told the fritter fan that the seafood chain only sold the deep-fried delicacy in orders of two, the driver became incensed and yelled a racial slur at the victim while at the drive-thru window. Oh. What is wrong with people? Is, uh, the he, assailant is he related
0: went, to the guy who made the, who robbed I the bank? I so. think
1: He must be. <laughs> The assailant ran from the eatery to a nearby parking lot where she jumped into a a Toyota Camry that was waiting with the driver in it. Um, So that's no word on where the person is. They haven't caught this person. Excuse me. They have a a description of the person on file. But nobody knows who this person is. Clearly someone who's got problems for kicking a woman in the stomach because she wanted one hush puppy. And if that weren't bad enough... In our last of these stupid criminal stories, headline: Man busted for sex toy robbery at adult world. When planning to rob sex toys from an adult store, it is best to avoid establishments. Wait for it at which you recently applied for a job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is a family thing, right?
1: <laughs> a 29-year-old man is behind bars in multiple criminal charges after allegedly stealing $350 worth of items from a Pennsylvania business and threatening to stab a clerk who sought to stop him. According to a criminal complaint, Jacob McFarlane last week entered the Adult World Emporium in North Wales, a Philadelphia suburb, and walked out with a pair of masturbators, a $96 <laughs> fleshlight model, and the Auto Blow AI, which retails for about $350. Or excuse me, $250. When an Adult World worker confronted McFarlane in the store's parking lot, he accused masturbator thief allegedly threatened to stab the man. The employee, cops noted, was able to identify McFarland because he recently applied for a position in Adult World. In a police statement, the victim said that Jacob came into Adult World and instantly walked to the back of the store and grabbed the sex toy. So, again, what have we learned today? Uh, don't deposit money from an ATM
0: from the bank it. that you just robbed. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh,
1: if you don't want the second hush puppy, just throw it away or give it away. <laughs> and if you're going to rob a store with a knife... Uh, don't do it at a place where you've applied for a job, you know there's got to be more than one adult bookstore in the Philadelphia suburbs. I imagine no, if he just so had a way to, wait I'm to- one where you haven't applied for a job
0: If he just had a way to see if he got the job, he could have got a discount on those products exactly. He just had to be a little
1: more patient he would have been much better off and then finally, and this is nothing with criminals, this is big Lego news. Oh, you yeah. well,
0: what do you, you got for us here, buddy?
1: This is, this is new, for, new for 2022. Now, Just hold like, on. Before you know, tell us expert, the story,
0: uh, are you a Lego guy?
1: I was a Lego guy as a kid.
0: Okay.
1: I, I still have the utmost respect for people who enjoy making things out of Legos. I okay. loved Legos as Can a kid. Can I ask but... you
0: another question? So have you yes. recently tried to buy Legos or like upset for anybody recently?
1: No. Why? Have they're you? fucking
0: expensive, man.
1: Oh, no, that doesn't surprise me. I never knew the price. It was They were always gifts, you know, like the little, like, either the big gifts like a house or a castle or a small, like, cars or planes.
0: Oh, you're, you're they were really a, a go-to you're gift. You're not getting a house not or a castle anymore unless you're loaded. You're yes, not I getting am. the Millennium Falcon. You're not getting any these anything that's more than 40 pieces. You right. better have some serious bank. Now, as bank. a
1: parent, let me ask you a question. You bought Legos for your kids, yes?
0: Not anymore. The kid's not into well, it anymore. You're saving I mean, us thousands of dollars. Time? Yeah, we have, what? yeah.
1: Now, do you have the, the the obligatory story of stepping on Lego pieces in the dark in your bare feet?
0: Yeah, but uh, before that, even that kind of pain the the brain pain of when you get like six different bags of these things mm-hmm. that can you can barely fit in your hand or between your two fingers, and then right. you have to follow. It. I mean, I, I, there's a little bit of enjoyment in building these things, but also it could it could send you to a mental hospital too.
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Because Lego, for the first time in their 90-year history, after making everything from, you know, the Empire State Building to the Millennium Falcon to, you know, Harry Potter World, now when you, if you buy the the Majestic Tiger set that just came out, you can get Lego's first ever, and I kid you not, anus. The tiger now comes with a little pink piece that used to be a flower, (laughs) <laughs> I I, you know you can't make this stuff up and now as part of the tiger right under the tail there's an anus there's no need a for it. alien anus
0: why can't it just be another piece of a yellow why does it have to be specific
1: I don't know but but Lego has decided there's
0: no footnotes no liner notes as to the decision they nope. made here to do this
1: they want the tuchus to stand out with a pink piece that's ah, stupid
0: are they, uh, I, I are they do. doing um like orangutans too
1: so uh, I'm sure they're going to get the entire animal or mammal kingdom.
0: It's going to be a little crazy. Uh, Elephants, man, it's going to get crazy. It's going to get crazy. Was... If they're including anuses, hippopotamuses and stuff, it's going to oh, get God, nuts, you Rob. Imagine? It's going to go a little crazy there in Lego world.
1: It was, it was <laughs> formerly a one-by-one one pink flower piece. has now been repurposed to designate the rectum. So there you go. Big news from the world of Legos.
0: Nice stuff. Nice stuff. Speaking
1: of brain busters, say, hey, what's this pink piece, mom, dad?
0: Unnecessary. Know, just throw it away. And you know you're gonna get a couple little punks that are gonna make these long, you know, Lego pieces yep. and they're gonna you know,
1: it's just you know what this means. Today yep. the anus. Tomorrow, anyone for penis?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyone for Lego penis? Now, I gotta
0: hand it to you, Mr. Kuhn. It's been a long time yes. since you've mentioned that word on this show. Well, oh, I'm I'm so.
1: trying to help you out a bit.
0: Yeah. All right. What are you drinking there tonight, pal?
1: It's a uh, fabulous cocktail of filtered water and uh, Mio. You know the the drops that you add. Yeah, fla- man. Water but flavor enhancer
0: on sale at Stop and Shop here in New York the other day, two for five dollars, which is unheard of. Wow, expensive. that's pretty good. Usually like five dollars a
1: clip. Bucks. Yeah, well, they're over three, almost four bucks here at our yeah, supermarket.
0: And the inflation these days, oh my yep. God.
1: I'm enjoying the berry pomegranate flavor. That's my favorite. That's the go-to Mio. And what are you drinking as we join so, us I've, on? I've, what's- I've, the Honcho's drinking.
0: Yeah, I found this um the other day down in the um you know the, the special carbonated drink aisle. Okay. Right. This is a company called Hop Lark. Get this. It's called sparkling hop tea. Um I'm having a can of it right now, the Citra Bomb one. So get oh. this. No sugar, no calories. All right, no fat, no, no sodium. There's nothing in here. Here are the ingredients carbonated water, citra hops. Organic white tea. Why does it got to be white? And citric, citric acid. <laughs> so here's the deal. This tastes like a beer. Really? Yes. It's insane. Wow. It's, it's like I picked it up like it was seltzer water, you know, and I got four different flavors. Right. And. Um, Surprise. Tea. It's called tea brewed like a craft beer. And they ain't fucking lying. It's absolutely delicious.
1: Wow. All right. Well, for those of you that enjoy non-alcoholic beer.
0: it's But it's not go. a beer.
1: It just it's tastes just, like one. It's
0: just made with citra hops. Faux beer. And white tea. And it just Ready? tastes like a beer. Uh, right. You can follow them, not sponsored here, but at drink hop tea. H-O-P-T-E-A. Delicious.
1: Well, there you go. And once again, we are not sponsored by any of the fine products that we mentioned. We're just doing that. For real. So you can trust us when we say we like this stuff.
0: All right, buddy. Let's kick this sports program off here with a little, uh... A little sports? A little drums. The college football season is over. Georgia Bulldogs, ladies and gentlemen. Shock of the world. First champion, seven. national in champions. In 401 years, I believe it was. Feet and roll tide. All good stuff. Mr. CUNY's here to take us through it. And I will interject with my usual commentary. Woohoo! What'd you think of the game, buddy?
1: Uh, you know, I actually watched the whole game, which is shocking for me, because normally by halftime I would have been unconscious. Um, but I figured, hey, I got a show to do Wednesday, so I probably should watch the whole thing. And it was... I don't want to say it was riveting. The first half, it was 9-6 Alabama. It was just a battle of field goals. Um, but what kept you interested is the whole time you you kept thinking to yourself... All right, this is a game where between the 20s, the teams are moving the ball with relative ease, and then when they get down in the red zone, and their opponent's 20, that's when everything goes to hell. And that's when the both lines, the defensive lines, the offensive lines always stepped up, and neither team could punch it in. In fact, if there was a big play, if it didn't make it into the end zone, you knew it was going to end up in a field goal no matter how close they got to the goal line. And so they had that little tension there, and once you're just waiting for one team to make the big play, and it turned out to be Georgia... And then that was it for Alabama. And there were some questionable coaching calls, and the Heisman winner, Bryce Young, was not playing the best game that he could. And I don't want to you know make excuses, but Alabama did come in with their two starting quarterbacks injured, and they lost their best receiver during the game. But when you're Alabama, you just replace one all-world receiver with another one. But it was just, you know what? It was just not to be cliched about it, but it was, it was George's time. You know, and it just, it was it was a war of attrition the entire game. It was which, who was going to break down first? The offensive line or the defensive line? And it turned out, in Alabama's case, it was their offensive line. They did a very good job of stopping that Georgia defense for the most part. And then, you know, they just, the two defenses are on the field for so long. They were a ton. They were tired. You know, and so it, it was just, again, as I said, it was a war of attrition. The final score being 33-18, I mean, you know, there was a late, uh, pick six by Georges Kelly Ringo. And, you know, I, I mean, it, it looks like it was a a much more blowouty kind of a game than it was, but I mean, it was very close. It was you know, 13-12 going into the fourth quarter. It wasn't like a boring defensive slugfest. It was, you watched it going, these two teams are capable of scoring 30, 40 points. Who's going to be the first to actually break through this defensive wall? And in the end, You know, hats off to Georgia. First title since 1980, which they only repeated a long time, man. That's Baltimore Orioles long. Yes, that's Baltimore Orioles long. Yes, actually, even longer. (laughs) So here's um, a couple of amazing stats. Okay, not amazing, but they're interesting stats from the game. Um, First of all, Nick Saban is now 25 and 2 against his former assistants, and both losses came this year. One to Jimbo Fisher at Texas AM, and then the second one to Kirby Smart, who's been trying to, you know, slay this dragon. Yeah. For years. And before this game, there were five rematches. So there were five title games that were rematches of games that took place during the regular season in the 150-year-plus history of college football. All five had gone to the loser of the first game, and now it's 6-0. and So Georgia lost 41-24 to Alabama in the SEC championship game, and they came back and beat them in this one. So six times there's been a rematch, and six times the loser of the first game has gone on to win the second game. And, you know, good for Stetson Bennett. Great story. He's a walk-on. He was there, you know, years ago when they lost, uh, Georgia lost to Oklahoma um, in the playoffs. So, I'm sorry. They were there. He was there when Georgia lost to Alabama in the playoffs. And now he's back leading Georgia over Alabama. Um, you know, it just, it was a good story for him. He's a guy who's never going to play on Sunday. And much maligned old Stetson Bennett the fourth, but. He'll never have to buy a dinner or a drink in Georgia again. Hmm. So hats off to uh, Georgia and Alabama. Look, (laughs) they're going to be back next year. I don't know if Georgia will be back next year. And there was a lot of talent on that field that's going to be playing on Sundays. Um, But Alabama will just reload and come back next year. Those who think that Alabama is done because they didn't win this game, again, Georgia barely got by them when they were missing – their starting cornerbacks and their two best receivers. I'm not saying they lost because it's of injuries. Really the only this way, was, this was only, not a complete Alabama team.
0: It's almost so. like you could say it's it's the only way to beat Roll Todd sometimes is when they are missing their key guys. I mean yeah. And look, full marks to the uh the Bulldogs here for taking advantage of it. They win. They're the winners. They're the champs. Um and we can swing into the C F P and the championship and the ex- playoffs and all that other stuff but uh, as far as how they got there we talked about this a lot this past year in terms of how they were making it happen you know you know you watch the game and I I hate to say it but kind of missed the fact that they weren't playing Clemson (laughs) because those games were always you know fun and exciting and high scoring and everything and you got a different game here I mean obviously if you're um, you know you're a Jordan fan you, you just love it and 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 it nothing to take away from them when you get to knock off Roll Tide it's a huge thing Um, but, uh, so, I mean, look, I barked about it all year long about wanting to get new teams in there, get a new championship, get a new mix in there. You know, you got Michigan and, and, um, Ohio state and you got, you know, uh, Georgia here that they got into it. Uh, so that was fun not seeing, you know, Notre Dame, you know, Clemson. So we kind of got what I wished for. And, but I think you nailed a big thing on the head here. The fact that you know, Alabama's missing a couple of those key guys. But Georgia took advantage of and full marks to it. And I like their coach, and uh, congrats. And I think you're right, too. Roll Tide will be back. Georgia, we don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting of, to see. Go ahead.
1: 12 of 16, of the last 16 national champions have come from the SEC. Isn't so, nuts. People are a little – I I shouldn't say people are tired of it. It's just I'm sure there are places in the country where people are tired of seeing it, but they put on a good show. And for all the talk about how – You know, outstanding the Georgia defense is, and it is. It's very, very good. I mean, it's shockingly good. The Alabama defense stayed with them toe to toe. You know, they weren't. It wasn't a forty-one to three blowout. Again, it was a trade. They were trading field goals. Nobody could get through either team's defense until the end. And and Georgia, I mean, look, I I don't want to question the coaching of Nick Saban or Kirby Smart, but Georgia wore down the Alabama defense, and then the second half was a steady diet of running you know, with their running backs. And Alabama, who has a pretty good running back in Brian Robinson, he was getting on a roll in the second half when Alabama was leading, although it was a slim lead, 13-9 and 13-12. And then all of a sudden, they, started, they abandoned it and started to throw the ball. And the Georgia defense, just as tired, just as worn down. So I don't understand. I mean, again, I don't want to question the play calling of Saban or his oh, offense. Please do Mr. Morning. CUNY.
0: That's what we you know,
1: he's won, let's see, he's won seven championships. So between the two of us, we have seven championships as coaches. <laughs> but I just don't understand why you're, you the defense is tired. The Georgia defense, you could see they were gassed. Both defenses were gassed, especially by the fourth quarter. They were holding their hands on their hips. They were breathing heavy, sucking wind. And this guy Robinson is pretty good, like every other Alabama running back. He was getting five, six, seven yards at a clip. A couple of times he got stuffed, but they rip off a big run, and they just abandoned it. Whereas Georgia, with um, uh, one of the running backs they call Zeus, and another one named Cook, uh, they were just you know, steamrolling through them because they said, hey, they're tired. And then just when they're expecting another run, boom, big pass, little play action over the middle. You know, we receivers are running wide open all of a sudden. You know that turned the game. I just don't understand it. I, I, again, who am I to question this coaching decision? I just thought a steady diet of running and running down, you know, burning clock and keeping that Georgia defense on the field may have been the way to win.
0: Right? I have to believe there's there's a lot of things in, I'd, let's say, just even NFL here and and NCAA with with, with games and the decision coaches made and we'll get into the NFL later and obviously the fiasco with the Giants and all that other stuff but you know you 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 uh, you know we laugh about that. I brought this up many times but you take up Pete Carroll you know the decision he makes there in the Super Bowl you know but I guess maybe we don't know what's going on on the sidelines how somebody's feeling um maybe they you know maybe their running back is has an injury that we don't know about that's why they abandon certain things and they can't Run a certain ways. Maybe there's a couple of key guys, linemen, who can't run the plays. God only knows what's going on on the sidelines. But I have to believe it has to play into it. I mean, there are just some bad coaches out there. Saban's not one of them. No. And when you get to a championship game here that he's pretty much always a part of,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: he wins all of them pretty much, you'd have to think um, – Maybe some things were going on that were just out of his control, and he had to work the best thing. I loved his post game conference with his two uh, top players there at the end. Uh, I loved the way he spoke up for him, and uh, that just kind of took me in a little bit more about in terms of who he is uh, and what he means to that, um, you know, that college, that school, that program, and why he's had so much success. You saw a little bit of a more of a. Um, he's such a big personality, so I guess that was just kind of like a real human moment there. Right, and you could just see you know real quick how how much that kind of you know uh, takes on in the locker room, so it was almost like it was, yeah, they lost, but you know what? it's okay, We'll be back probably the next five years right and
1: more. that's the he's first of all, he's seventy, and he still has great enthusiasm for yeah. what he does and and it's Alabama, you know people uh, they, they lost a couple of players to the transfer portal because they probably realize every year they reload, and if they don't have a player who's coming back, like you know, Bryce Young will be back, he's only a freshman. But they just reload because people want to play at Alabama. And when you when you play for Alabama, there's a certain pressure on you not to be the class that doesn't bring the championship home. And so they play at a very high level, just like many other SEC schools, because there's this reputation that you have to live up to. And so if you're Nick Saban, you know, OK, this one got away from us. We didn't embarrass ourselves in this game. So, okay, we lost. I lost to Kirby. It's going to happen eventually. You're not going to go undefeated against your former assistants. And, you know, if a Georgia pops up and wins the national championship, okay, that's one for you know Kirby Smart and seven for Nick Saban. He'll be back. You know, this is not like the NFL where your team gets old and you can't just bring in new players and every dynasty comes to an end. You know, we sort of saw that for one season in New England. Um, we're seeing that in Pittsburgh now, but with, you know, colleges it's just, okay, you have a setback and then you always get the top choice, not just of high school recruits, but people in the transfer portal, you know, Jamison Williams, who with John Mechie was, were the two best receivers for Alabama. He came out of the transfer portal, I think from Tennessee, they had another player from, uh, I think Mississippi or Mississippi state, the, um, their uh, linebacker whose name I can't pronounce. It's one of those, uh, Hawaiian names. Um, number 10 for Alabama. He came out of the transfer had A great game. So, you know, it's one of those things where, first of all, you don't have a rooting interest. It was a good game. It was entertaining. I didn't have an emotional tie to either team. But if you're an Alabama fan, it sucks today. But, you know, tomorrow you'll be like, okay, well, we'll see you in the championship yeah, game next like, year.
0: They're like us Yankee fans. Yeah, you know. Exactly. Was, right. Yeah, and, uh, so
1: well. and for Georgia, who knows? I mean, it's not it, – there's a lot of seniors on that defense, but a win like this – you know, maybe start people start thinking oh, if I can't go to Bama, maybe I'll go to Georgia. So who knows? And he, he, Smart's a good coach. You know, I don't. I take nothing away from him. Um, he figured out how to win, how to beat. You know, the master, the student finally beat the master. So it was a good game. You know, happy for Georgia, happy for Stetson Bennett. Um, he had a entertaining, some would say, drunk appearance on Good Morning America uh, <laughs> Tuesday morning in uh, you know, after a night of, as he said, I didn't get any sleep because I was awake all night. But if you listen to the interview, and he might be 21, so he's not committing any crime. If you listen to the interview, he sounds like he had a few adult beverages. I don't know that for sure. But
0: I hope if, he did.
1: If he did how, have a few adult beverages. How many times did
0: he get to the, the, the college football championship game and win?
1: Yeah, I think he, he managed to hold it together pretty well for a guy if he was on the sauce.
0: Well, they had some nerve actually asking him to get on that early, to be honest with you.
1: You well, know, he probably hadn't gotten any sleep. It wasn't like they woke him up and roused him out of bed.
0: <laughs> so let me ask you this you're you're just a quick maybe look back on the whole college season here and um maybe talk about the expansion and the, and the transfer portal, all the different things that happened this year um Was it a good ending, or what's your take?
1: No, I think it was a good ending. I'm glad that you know Cincinnati and Michigan we had two new teams in the college football playoff um and I think the the season played out exactly as we expected it to. I, the best thing about Georgia winning is, you remember when Georgia was steamrolling to that number one ranking and they hadn't really beaten anybody and they were playing the likes of Vanderbilt and uh, some of those non-conference games, and people were talking about how great their defense was and then you know, they played Alabama and they got smoked. And all of a sudden Georgia falls from one to three and people are questioning you know the validity of having Georgia in there um, and they go out and beat, you know, the best team in the country. So that was good. I was happy to see Michigan. <clears throat> excuse me. Cough button. I was happy to see Harbaugh finally get to the playoffs, you know, finally beat Ohio State.
0: If you had been beating the shit out of him all year right. long. <laughs> and, right. But,
1: you know, I was, I was happy for him because, yeah, I was beating the shit out of him. I, I still think he's not the best breakfast that money can buy. <laughs> but – you know, you got to tip your hat to the man. He accomplished what he wanted to. And those poor fans at Michigan who have been dying to see a win over Ohio state for years. Now um, Cincinnati earned their way in, you know, it was good to see even when they got just completely housed by uh, both teams, both Michigan and Cincinnati, they had they were one and done. They were like the other, you know, Alabama and Georgia said, welcome to the party. Take a good look around, have a drink and then get out. You know, we'll see you again next year. And I hope, You know, we see, as always, I'd love to see four different teams. I know that's not going to happen. I know we're going to see some combination of, you know, Georgia and Ohio State and Alabama. Maybe Clemson makes a comeback. Who knows? But we're going to see the same SEC-dominated playoffs. So from that respect, it was a little disappointing. But in terms of an entertaining college season, you know, it was good. And the championship game, much better than the semifinal games. Much better, um, which was good. The semifinal games were forgettable, and that's okay because they're not the championship game. (laughs) Although this championship game, from what I saw, they had the second lowest rating ever for a championship game. I don't know if that was from since 2014 when they started the college football playoff or, you know, further back. But it's not good no matter how you slice it in terms of the ratings. But, you know. Perhaps having it on Sunday or on Monday, you know, coming off the last weekend in the NFL after, you know, some very exciting contests, you know, maybe having it that close was not the best idea. Maybe it should be a Thursday night or a Saturday night. You know, they play college football every Saturday, have the championship on Saturday. You know, call me crazy.
0: Well, you better write a long penned letter to the people that be. To make those decisions, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much luck you're gonna have. You know, probably, probably very little. You know, but it's 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 pretty much a Monday night institution now. Everybody's kind of used to. It. I think it's one of the best televised game with all mm-hmm. the different angles and the multiple channels. You know how they do yeah. all that. So I think it's beautiful. I mean, it's just uh, you know, it's I, I love it too because it's an American tradition. It's it's you know, you don't get this in minor league hockey or minor league baseball, and you know it's college football, but it is the it's the growing ground for the NFL, you know. And it's a lot of national pride and um obviously with you know, Vegas and gambling and all that other stuff, um, I think it's a, it's a nice cap to the to the year as well too. A, a sporting in a sporting way, you know. Right. And look the way things have been going here the last two years with COVID and the pandemics and we covered so many stories last year too, you know. And you know what with Notre Dame beat Clemson and you know, rushing the field and you know all the different moments this past year that we kind remember, of remember.
1: Remember the panic that set in when all those fans rushed the field at Notre Dame. People were like, oh, this is it. This is the end. This is the super spreader event that's going to wipe out the country." And I don't know that anybody actually got sick from that.
0: No. But and then didn't when Roll Tide won last year, right? They 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 poured into the streets in uh in Alabama, right?
1: I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, there was, it was yeah. is the
1: South after all, but yeah. you know we we had a much different view of things you know, a year ago than we do now. Um, it was nice also to see one thing I love about the college, the big college games is you get the college version of Romo and Nance or Buck and Aikman. Although I hate <laughs> to compare them to Aikman because he stinks, but uh, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit are just, they're the best when they do college games. And, and the analysis from Street, even though, you know, some of his, some people think he's a little, you know, old man shaking his fist at the clouds about, you know, player commitment, which we won't get into, but, He's very good at breaking down plays, and there's this enthusiasm for the game that both Fowler and Herb Street have. That's you know it's infectious, and, and when they did the NFL game this past weekend, it was very good. I just I, I think they should do more. They're certainly better than the Monday Night Crew
0: that they have.
1: ESPN has. There's just they just they have this sort of natural rhythm, and they know especially when they 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 talk about players that were in college in the last couple of years because they've seen most of the big players in the NFL because they saw them when they were in college. So they bring that perspective to the broadcast. It's just, it was nice. The whole, the whole package was great. The whole whole mishpucha was (laughs) the whole mishpucha involved in the college football playoff game was fantastic. You know, no complaints there. And now, you know, uh, a little bit more football is going away.
0: That's no. why you're so down and out tonight. I'll
1: wait till you see the, the, the show after the Super Bowl. I'll be wearing all black. I'll be in mourning. I
0: don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll just be a single hot show that week. Yeah.
1: It'll be It'll be the Paul Cuthbert show.
0: Um, real quick before
1: we move on to pro football. On the same day that – and this is bizarre timing on college football's part. But the same day of this championship game, um, the college football playoff committee met – Uh, to discuss expanding the playoffs from four to eight or to 12. And uh, they came up with a a big nothing burger. They were unable to come to any sort of an agreement. Um, The center the dispute centered on uh, compositions of the playoff field, fears of protracted seasons, mistrust that floats from a surprise round of conference membership shuffles, But I'll I'll get to what the real reason is in a moment. So they couldn't agree on any of this. They came up with a whole lot of straw man arguments that I just read about why they can't go from 4 to 8 or to 12. Um, They did say it's possible that after the 2025 season, we could go uh, to an expansion. But here's the real reason, as the New York Times pointed out in this article. Um, In addition, I'm going to quote from the article, in addition to the concerns around the games and the competition formats, some administrators feared fretted, excuse me, that the league would sacrifice, rate right, for it, millions of dollars if the playoff expanded before its television deal could hit the open market. Uh, deepening tensions, uh, skip that. If and when the playoff expands, a new media rights deal could make it the most lucrative college sports event, surpassing even the Division I men's basketball tournament. The playoff and its three games each season are currently included in a 12-year deal with ESPN worth more than $5.6 Billion. billion. Sultans ex- estimate that an expanded tournament of 11 games a season would attract more than a billion a year in television rights alone. By comparison, the rights for last year's NCAA men's basketball tournament, a 67-game showcase, pulled in more than 850 million. So, it's, it's take that well, for so what he, it you're is. You're
0: saying it was a decision made on money.
1: Yes, the real no. reason why they no. can't agree on expansion now is they're going to be, you know, forfeiting so much money when they can get a bigger contract after this one expires. And then miraculously, we'll see when the contract comes up for renewal, they'll expand to eight or 12 teams and cha-ching, cha-ching, the money will start flowing in. So whatever they tell you about competition or competitive balance, the number of games and student safety, it's all horse shit. Okay. It's all, it's all a steaming pile of horse shit. It's really just about how can we make, more money, and I, again, I don't blame them. But you know, don't say you know competition, player safety, number of games. Oh, and by the way, it, it's costing us a lot of money. Just say it's the money because we know it's the truth anyway. So just come out and say it. We're you're okay. We won't. Uh,
0: we won't None think of us it's a less. surprise now.
1: It's hard to think less of you than we do. So <laughs> just come right out and say nah, I was a cheap shot. Uh, just come out and say it's about the money. We don't mind. We're right there with you.
0: Perfect. Perfect. And they also have to wait for New York State to approve the um, the online gambling thing, too. So
1: really? Going New York is still hanging in there with no gambling?
0: No, we got it. Oh, okay. DraftKings now, all the Caesars, we got it now. You can, all right. Get the app, and you can do it. Blow your money. And then, you know, you'll have to uh, rob from a bank 150 bucks to make your next bet and put in your ATM. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our first installment of the uh, National Mediocrity League here on the Honchos. And as always, we like to bring in our two experts first to kick this segment off for us right here on the Sports Honchos. Hell, you old son of a bitch. How you doing? How do you feel about that
1: call today? I mean, the Dolphins, fourth and three play on their 30-yard line with only 34 seconds to go.
0: How do you think I feel? Betrayed? Bewildered? This is very exciting. Yeah, it is, fella. Oh, right on, amigo.
1: Damn straight. Damn straight. <clears throat> oh. Fucking A. Fucking A, right. <laughs> it never you know, gets it old. It never gets old. No. It never uh,
0: gets old. Came on the other night, buddy. Birdcage. You Such a You gotta watch the whole thing through.
1: I, I highly Absolute recommend it. a classic movie. I've seen it a few times myself. I highly recommend it to anyone. Um, All right. So... The regular season is over. We're going to talk about the playoffs in a moment. There really were no It's
0: finally games. over.
1: Yes, uh, finally over. Yes. There were really no <laughs> regular season games to discuss other than the last 3 that we were televised, but I have to say um the Indianapolis Colts, if just for it, who just all they had to do is win to beat the 2 win, now 3 win Jacksonville Jaguars to get in. They lost 26 to 11. And, uh, you know, Frank Reich, Maryland guy, authored the greatest college comeback and then the greatest playoff comeback in NFL history, you know. And the man knows how to coach. He's a quarterback guru. You got a, an MVP caliber running back and Jonathan Taylor sitting on your bench. And you have to win this game. I don't care that it's against the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars. You got to win this game to get into the playoffs. And you let Carson Wentz throw the ball 29 times and you only hand the ball to Taylor 15 times. And they lost. I mean, what a gag job this is. I just, you know, I'm not saying fire Frank Reich. is a great coach, but what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You know what it's, I said about the Colts so. at
0: the beginning of the year when we did our pre-NFL season uh, predictions? What did I say? They were no oh good. Jacksonville has won. I,
1: let's see. What was the stat I heard? I wish I had these numbers down, but I think in their last 30 games, they're three and two against uh, Indianapolis and like two and twenty seven or something against everybody. else. Some an unbelievable oh. stat where they only beat Indianapolis, just like Houston. That's crazy. <laughs> the worst team, one of the worst teams in football, constantly gives Tennessee, the number one seed in the AFC, a hard time. So that was a big gag. I, I won't spend any more time on that. Really, the, the big games, of course, last week were. Steelers at Ravens, an overtime thriller in which you know Big Ben got to extend his career for at least one more game, and it will be one more game because they'll be smoked by the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. Uh, the Niners at Rams, which was, you know, uh, the Niners came back from the dead with Jimmy Garoppolo and his one and his half a thumb, uh, rallying that team to beat uh, the Rams, and perhaps, perhaps now we know why Detroit was so. Uh, ready to dump Matthew Stafford. I mean, he, again, he had a good season, but
0: oh, apparently he likes to throw the, his ball little, to the other You've team. been tooting his, took us all year long. I baby. have. And I'm been, the Rams I was, fan over here. And I knew it's no good.
1: Yeah. We'll, um we'll get to Stafford later when we talk about the playoffs. And then of course, one of the best games I've ever seen. And it was a real throwback to when you and I were kids and Sunday afternoon meant uh, uh, Charlie Jones and Dick Enberg doing uh, the AFC West games, Oakland and San Diego, except this time it was Las Vegas and Los Angeles. That <laughs> Chargers Raiders overtime game, 35, 32, one by the Raiders A game in which all the dominoes fell in place where all they had to do was tie. And they were both going to be in the playoffs. The, the Raiders were up 26 or 29 to 14 at the end of the game. And Justin Herbert, who threw 64 passes and, and, 30 of them were incomplete somehow six times when it was fourth and a a million miles willed his team to a tie converted fourth down after fourth down pass after pass of course if you watch the game the first three downs the passes were incomplete either there were drops or there were incomplete passes and then faced with fourth and long he completed the passes when he had to they got the two-point conversion they needed and then with zeros on the clock They tie the score at 29-29. You're thinking when it's 26-14 and 29-14, well, there's no way they're going to tie. And then all of a sudden, here we are in overtime, and the team's trade field goals is 32-32. The Raiders are bleeding out the clock, and you think, wow, they're actually going to tie this game. They're actually going to pull off the impossible, have a tie, and both go to the playoffs. And if you're Steeler fans... And again, hats off to Mike Tomlin every year. I said this last time, no matter what, he manages to not have a losing record. This is now 15 seasons that he's been a coach, 15 non-losing seasons. They had one season at 500. This year he's 9-7-1. Ben Roethlisberger, who just can't throw the ball anymore, somehow willed his team to victory in overtime against the Ravens. And all they had to do was not have the Chargers and Raiders tie, and they're in the playoffs. And here we are going into the last two minutes of overtime. It's 32-32. And you could you could hear a collective groan from the city of Pittsburgh. They were all high and, and excited going into that game, knowing they're in the playoffs as long as they don't tie. And, hey, how often does a team tie? Well, this time they almost did. Crazy. And ultimately the Raiders pulled it. I know there's a lot of hand-wringing and teeth gnashing of Brandon Staley calling that weird timeout. Uh, when it was third down, the Raiders were driving, but ultimately, you know, they couldn't stop the Raiders. The Raiders wanted to win. They would rather lose and not go to the playoffs than have both themselves and the Chargers go to the playoffs. So for them, it was, you know, ride or die. And, you know, once again, the Chargers find themselves on the outside looking in, which is a shame because Justin Herbert is just, he's an exciting player to watch, but you got to feel good for the Raiders. They've had a lot of turmoil to say the least this season. A little um, bit. And now they're in the playoffs. But that was what a game that was. And it wasn't just exciting at the end. I mean, it was a, a good game all the way through. But every time the Chargers were dead, it was like watching one of the million Rocky movies. <laughs> you know, every time you think Rocky is going to get, you know, fall to the canvas and not get up again, miraculously through the miracle of Hollywood, he get, would, you know, get up and defeat whoever his opponent was. And the Chargers were the same way. Fourth and nine, complete pass for 11 yards. Fourth and 10, you know, touchdown pass. There was a fourth and twenty-one at one point, and you think, okay, well, this is it. This is the game. And miraculously, Herbert found a way. So the season ended great, except if you're a, uh, San, a Los Angeles Chargers fan, of course. But you know, and the, the announcers at NBC were fully aware of the ramifications of a tie. In fact, they were. It was almost like they were rooting for a tie. They couldn't understand why anyone would call a timeout. They just said. The Raiders have the ball. There's under a minute left. Just take some knees. Everybody goes home a winner. And the Raiders said no. Again, ride or die, baby. We're not going to just settle for a tie. Why do we want to help our rival? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Justin Herbert said he was rooting for a tie. So it's a, a tale of two philosophies. One team that would rather not go to the playoffs than help their rival. Another team that's like, hey, we're fine. That's the Southern California way. We're fine just floating downstream. Let Everybody everybody's a winner. We can hold hands and walk into the playoffs together? So it was quite, quite the exciting finish to the season. Um, and again, I it, I don't say this with any sort of hyperbole. It was one of the best football games that I've seen. I'm not gonna say it's the greatest game ever, but it's. it's I mean, it was up there. Normally in a Sunday night game by the fourth quarter, you know you're dozing in out of consciousness. The game has already been decided. But this, you know, you sat up and said, "Hey, wait a minute. This could actually end in a tie." Uh, stranger things have happened. Fortunately it didn't. They actually had a winner and you know, we'll see Las Vegas probably get pummeled. Um were they playing in the first round? Uh, Bengals. Oh, they're playing the Bengals. We'll get to the the playoff games in a moment. So there's your regular season, all tied up with a bow, and now we get to
0: You're not gonna you're not gonna compliment me on my predictions?
1: I don't remember I think your prediction was everybody stinks.
0: No, I said the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, and the Packers were all gonna be their the top. The divisions; those are the three teams to beat. And where did they end up? No, the Packers
1: are number one seed. The Chiefs Thank are the you. number two seed. Thank you. And the Bucks are number two seed.
0: Thank you. All right, that's all I want to hear.
1: There you go. If you can nice go job. back to
0: August, ladies and gentlemen, and those are the three teams that I picked. I said nice everything job. else is just going to be a mess, and it was.
1: And it was. You were right. I hate to say it. You can you can isolate that. I'm and just play glad, it back I'm just glad it's you all
0: on tape. That's all Before I, I mean. say.
1: You were right. <laughs> you just <laughs> drop that anytime. any <laughs> time. Hey, you were right. <laughs> Pauly, you were right, Bobby. All right. So the playoffs start this weekend, the old triple header on Sunday, two games on Saturday. And yes, for the first time ever, a Monday night playoff game, which, you know, it sounds exciting until you see the teams. They put on Monday night. Poor ESPN always seems to get the shaft with the playoff games. So, uh, it's a but new it's, format. But it's a
0: playoff game, though. The yeah, winner but, will move on. Yes. It's, it's, if this was a Monday night, come on. You've got to give it a little bit of a... It's a playoff game, buddy. It is, but the, you, you know best, it's not... This is the best part of the NFL right now. It's
1: not the sexiest matchup. But yes, it, you're right. It's the playoffs. It's winner go home. I get very emotional talking about this. So <laughs> uh, this is the second year of the new format where it's seven teams from each conference. The top seed's... In each conference, get a bye. So in this case, Green Bay and NFC, Tennessee and the AFC. Uh, so this Saturday, we have the Raiders at Bengals. Uh, neither team has won a playoff game in 20-plus years. The Bengals, the last one was January of 1991. It was the last time they won game. a playoff. What?
0: This is a huge game for these two no, franchises. This is, no,
1: this is a big game. This is going to be, you're going to see... Uh, uh, seeing Joe Burrow in, the, in his first playoff game is going to be very exciting. That, that Burrow to chase combination, um, I'm, and it's in Cincinnati. And if it's a cold weather game, as it probably will be in Cincinnati, um, I'm going to pick the Bengals in this one. But that will be a good game. I firmly believe that. Then uh, we have the third meeting, the final in the trilogy of the New England Buffalo Trilogy. Okay, uh, the Patriots go to Buffalo. This is their third meeting, as I said. And this time, if the Patriots win, they're not going to win by throwing only three passes. Now, each team has won on the other team's field. Buffalo won in New England a couple weeks ago, and New England won that epic game in Buffalo where they only threw three passes, but ran for over 200 yards. Um, I just, this is not Mac Jones' time the bills have been there it's at night it's in buffalo hostile environment again it's not going to be a case where it's three passes and a steady diet of running backs a bunch of you know he's nameless just, running backs for, it
0: for the Bills, you know now you know now the patriots are going to win this game after you just said all that stuff
1: sure i uh, you can say i'm going to mush a lot of teams but this is just I, I don't i don't see the bills losing this game and if they do you can call me on my personal number nine one one, and I'll be happy to answer <laughs> your complaints. And then the triple header Sunday, uh, the the Sunday games end with the worst playoff game on the schedule, and that is the Steelers at the Chiefs. Uh, you know, it's even I, I've talked to a few of my diehard Steeler friends; they're all they're ready to believe that that'll be Big Ben's swan song. It'd be quite an upset if they were to win. I just don't see. Chiefs
0: shouldn't even stop Mahomes.
1: The the Chiefs look the, the the Steeler defense is great, led by T.J. Watt, but if they can't slow down, not even all the way, just a little bit, Patrick Mahomes, the the Steeler offense is not a come from behind sort of offense. Not this, not these days. Ten years ago, this would have been a very fair fight, but Ben it's Ben's retiring for a reason. Um. So it's it's I, I, it's going to be a game that's over quick. I'll be unconscious by halftime for this. <laughs> this is the Sunday night game. Um, but the other two games, Eagles at Bucks. Look, I, this pains me to say it, but the Eagles are sneaky good.
0: No, yeah. Mister Cuny. Now you hate now, the Eagles. I, I it,
1: it, it it you're it's ripping my soul apart to say this, but they're sneaky good. However.
0: I mean, I would play some Eagles music right now, but Don Henley would sue me, and I can't.
1: However, Jalen Hurts versus Tom Brady, uh, bet the legal limit on the guy who's won, who's been to 10 Super Bowls. (laughs) Uh, And Tampa Bay's too talented, um, and I just—I don't see Nick Sirianni outcoaching Bruce Arians, or I should say outcoaching Tom Brady, who's really the coach in the field. Now, I think the Eagles have a longer-term future than... Tampa Bay just from the age and the injury. Are you? I, it, it, I'm, I'm sorry. I've, you know, I've. I've that's just, just what I I've would seen play. This year.
0: Take it easy from the Eagles right now. And tell I, you, to take it easy over there.
1: I don't trust Hertz yet. I don't. The jury's still out on him, which I is why I can't
0: believe you've even paid any attention to well, the Eagles at all.
1: And I won't say because they beat us twice that, that they're any good. I mean, you know, your local high school's JV team. Uh, wait till they experts.
0: change the name over there in Washington, baby.
1: I mean, the Washington Commanders. Blech. <laughs> um, okay. And then the middle game is a throwback to the 1990s. It's the Niners at the Cowboys. That should be, um, if the Patriots-Bills game isn't, probably could be the best game on the schedule this weekend. Um, great defense versus great offense. You know, Kyle Shanahan, much better coach than Mike McCarthy. Um, They're pretty evenly matched, and those games have always been exciting. And it's a nice afternoon game, nice setting the table for, you know, the snooze fest that is uh, Steelers at KC. So I I think, you know what, I'm I'm taking the underdog in this. I'm taking the road team. I'm taking the experienced playoff team and the vastly underrated uh, Jimmy Garoppolo to lead the Niners past the Cowboys. I'm not just saying that. Because I don't like the Cowboys. I just slobbered all over the Eagles. So this is not an NFC's bias thing. I just, I think the Niners, and they're on a roll. They are on some kind of roll. And then we come to Monday night. The Rams and the Cardinals. Two teams moving in the wrong direction. This is why this game (laughs) smells dead on arrival. Um, I don't know who to pick in this game, quite frankly. I mean, the Cardinals are 8-1 on the road, but... It's it's the Kyler Murray show. If he's off
0: Well, you know who this Rams fan's rooting for, right? Right.
1: Against that Ram the Cardinals.
0: defense. Cardinals. Right. I hate it's, that
1: logo. <laughs> you're picking the Cardinals? Absolutely. Well, as I said, if you take if you can stop Kyler Murray, and that Ram defense is certainly capable of it, they got nothing else. Whereas the
0: Rams the Cardinals are going to beat the Rams big.
1: All right. Well, I would say, if you're if you're on that card, if you're on that square that the Cardinals are going to win, you know, Matt Stafford, seven interceptions in his last three games. He has a tendency in important games to throw the ball to the wrong uniform. He's all, I mean, you know, and, and it's that's what I'm saying. It's hard to pick this game because there's so many flaws with both teams. They're both seemingly going in the wrong direction. Uh, they got... You know The Cardinals got beaten by the Seahawks, who had nothing to play for. The Rams choked away the victory against. Cost themselves the number two seed by losing to the Cardinals. So, you know what this game is going to end in? A 3 nothing quadruple overtime snooze fest. I'm just kidding. It's not going to be that. But, I don't know. I, I think I agree with you. I think the Cardinals are going to squeeze out a
0: victory. I think the Cards are going to win. And I've said this during the year. I, I think this is McVay's last game. If they lose this game. He's done. I don't care what kind of contract he has. I don't care that he, he accidentally got them there to the Super Bowl because of the uh, offensive uh, pass interference call against the Saints game. In the Saints game, if he loses this game in that billion-dollar stadium, yeah, the owner will have him out front in public underneath the guillotine.
1: Well, I tell you, if, if they don't win now, uh, they're, they have, they treat draft picks like they're, you know, disposable Kleenex. They just chuck them away to get players. Now they're very much a win now franchise. So you could be right. If, if this experiment fails, um, and we just, I mean, I just read today that they've signed 37 year old, two years in retirement, uh, Eric Weddle to replace one of the injured players on their roster. So they like to load up on the old guys. This team is not built for the future. This team is built to win now. And if they don't, I don't know if Sean McVay will lose his job, but that seat, he had a a few. The honeymoon is over if they don't get out of the first round of the playoffs.
0: Well, here's the deal. Um, You've talked about how good the Niners have been playing, right? Now we'll see what happens here this weekend and stuff, and, and, you know, as far as next year for them. And then the Cardinals are a pretty decent team. You know, they've a couple of ridiculous losses this year, especially towards the end. Um, and you have to figure the Seahawks are going to turn things around a little bit and the Rams might just drop and you're going to see, I think, you know, Arizona here and Frisco will be taking over this division here a little bit. Um, but I just think if, if the Rams lose this game, it's, I think the whole McVay experiment is done. I mean, look at all the changes they made. You
1: well, know. you also have to, um. Point the finger at uh, their general manager because clearly, and I his name escapes me at the moment because he clearly is spearheading this movement of, let's mortgage the future to play. He has for the no
0: person. eyes for design, and logos.
1: No, they're, they they're, had a they, beautiful. They,
0: they, they killed. Beautiful. They, yes. they left St. Louis. They came to L. A. They came back to the, the royal blue and the yellow, which I love. The old brand helmets and the old throwback. The Remember logo. the old white. Yeah, they oh, they were the gorgeous. White and the blue, oh, the
1: beautiful, white and the blue
0: simple, gorgeous.
1: It's just like the um, the Baltimore Colts, Ace, or excuse me, Baltimore, <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. A simple, elegant uniform, blue and white with a white horseshoe. The Rams had the yellow and the blue with the yellow ram horns, or they went to the old school white and blue, gorgeous. And now it's just it looks like they it looks like it's so cool. When you wear when you wear a white shirt and you haven't washed it in a while, <laughs> and it gets kind of dingy. <laughs> You're like, how about doing a laundry, pal? I mean, that's what I think of. I think it's, of
0: it's up there with the a Vancouver kid. Canucks logo. It's horrible. I think of a kid
1: who took a highlighter and just like ran it down the side of his pants, and no one has gotten around to washing the clothes yet. That's what I'm watching. I'm watching dirty laundry out there.
0: I was a huge Rams fan as a kid. I love the old style. The old I love the L.A. Rams. I love that stuff, you know. And then when they came back to L.A. and they they just had to get that little bit of um, that brown they had in St. Louis or whatever it was. They, had, they kept that little bit because they had to because of the, you know, so, but we were, I was just excited. I said, this is great. They get in the new building, you know, and it was L.A. again. It was the dirt field, the L.A. Coliseum, where they were playing while the new arena was getting built. It was so exciting. Yep. And they, they just
1: turned me off big time. And no. even Eric Dickerson, who works for the team, and is one of the all-time Ram greats, one of the all-time NFL greats. Said this uniform stinks, and if one of your own, if one of your own says it stinks, and he should know, he's Mr. L.A. Ram. Uh, you gotta think twice about what you're doing.
0: And all they had to do, because it's it's the exact same logo for a different. Remember the Sabers banana logo?
1: <laughs> How could I forget? It's
0: the same one. <laughs> And how awful it was, this combination of yep. blue, yellow, and white. It's the worst. I mean, the Chargers, the light blue, that works for them. Yep. But, I mean, anyway, we're spending too much time on this. Sorry. Uh, we just Lord. remember
1: the glory days of the the royal blue jersey on the gold pants. Oh, Simple, elegant. Ugh. Now it's just, again, it's like watching dirty laundry. Go Cardinals. Right. Thank you. Um, before we leave football, let's talk about what. People consider to be what they call Black Monday in the NFL, which is.
0: Can we we just go back to the matchups here this weekend? Sure. Sorry, I thought we we were moving on. Yeah, no, but can we can we just do our our predictions here real quick? So Raiders, Raiders, Bengals, you're taking the. I'm taking the Bengals. Okay, so am I. Patriots, Bills, you're taking taking the the Bills. bills. I'm going to take the Pats. All right, a little fun. It's not.
1: It's not, by the way, a a, a reach to take the Patriots. I I don't think. It's just I think the Bills are going to come out on top, but the Patriots, if they want for the it, fan you know, base, they will
0: because they're going to break a lot of parking lots in the in the in the tailgate before the game. <laughs> Could lot you of imagine owning a foldable plastic? I mean, Staples must get raided on yeah. Saturdays. I would actually, I'd love to go to a Bills game just to watch
1: and oh. actually see that live.
0: But maybe like in September, a little warmer. Yeah, yeah,
1: not not now. Oof, yeah. Brr.
0: All right, uh, Eagles, Bucks, we're both taking the Bucks. We're both taking the bucket. Nah, okay, uh, Niners, Cowboys. Now, I want to say this too. I want to ask you, do you remember the last time the Niners and the Cowboys played each other in the playoffs? Because you remember I don't, the old, the old great days in Montana and.
1: Yeah, I just remember games. the Steve Young, Terrell yeah, Owens led all, teams against the Cowboys. Uh, it's the 90s always seemed to be either the Packers and the Cowboys or the Packers and the Niners. The Niners and the Cowboys. I don't remember the last time they played each other in the playoffs.
0: All right, so we're both taking the Niners on this one. Yes. Okay. And Steelers and Chiefs, duh. We're both and taking we, the Chiefs. Like, I'm taking the Cardinals. But I'd love to see the Steelers
1: win just to see Ben play a little longer, but it's, that's not going to happen.
0: No, that's not going to
1: happen. No, it's not going to happen.
0: No, happen. And if that happens, everybody in Kansas City needs to get fired, shipped out. Club, yeah. put, a, put a lock on the stadium. <laughs> Don't right, no start bag. all over again. <laughs> yeah. uh, are you going to hang with the Rams? I'm taking the no, Cardinals. No, I'm taking the
1: Cards. Okay, good.
0: All right, there we go. I mean, you, all right, so we want to talk about uh, coaches and GMs.
1: Yes, so uh, I'll start with the ones that, that that should have been fired, and that's Mike Zimmer in Minnesota and Matt Nagy in Chicago. I would have fired Matt Nagy in Chicago simply because he's a bald man wearing a visor. Ooh. It's just I don't get it. What are you I doing? Didn't, I didn't how know
0: all your kind didn't like that.
1: No, um, and they also fired the GMs in Minnesota, Rick Spielman, and in Chicago, Ryan Pace. Um, that in both those cases, they just got to clean house and start over again. Especially in Chicago, and they got a new quarterback there. They need somebody to come in and actually develop him. Uh, they finally, they finally have a quarterback in Chicago. It's Something that we know something about here in uh, Washington. The ones that were surprising were, and I'll get to you know, Urban Meyer and John Gruden also gone, and mercifully, even though this wasn't on Black Monday. Joe Judge. What a clown that guy is. Hey, oh. He he is no longer the coach of your New York Giants. He actually was fired Tuesday as opposed to on Black I haven't Monday. heard
0: Anybody upset about that decision?
1: Nobody, not a one. And and, and I just don't it's just water to the bridge of the whole him calling the, you know, the Wolfskins a clown show organization and then coaching his true, team like he's a clown. Well, and we're going to talk about them later on in the show. There's some foreshadowing. But okay. So the two ones that were surprising Vic Fangio in Denver. Now, look, they, Vic Fangio, he knows that a coach defense. And his defenses were good. And he had a lot of good offensive talent. But he, they just couldn't get the quarterback position right. In fact, they haven't gotten the quarterback position right since Peyton Manning finally retired. And as somebody pointed out, if they were to get an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, if they were to make that trade in the offseason and they were to win Something they would win the Super Bowl with them. Their three championships, their three best quarterbacks will have been quarterbacks they never drafted. They didn't draft Peyton Manning. They didn't draft Wilson or Rogers, and they didn't draft John Elway. That was a he was drafted by the Colts and then traded him away because he said he wasn't coming to Denver. So they fire Vic Fangio right at a time when they have a top ten draft pick and they have a chance to either bring in a veteran like a Russell Wilson, maybe Deshaun Watson, maybe Aaron Rodgers although I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere. But finally, they they have a chance to get a really good quarterback with the rest of the talent on that team and see what Vic Fangio could do. So I feel bad. I I think he was fired prematurely. He was fired one year early, and I'm going to be upset if – upset. It'll be sad to see if they bring in an established veteran and it gets the team over the hump with some new coach. Uh, But Vic Fangio – He'll find a job as a defensive Mm -hmm. coordinator probably by the time this podcast is over. But the really surprising firing was Brian Flores in Miami.
0: Yeah, talk about this.
1: Three seasons, uh, he was twenty four and twenty five, and that includes ten and six last year and nine and eight this year. So the team keeps winning. He was the only he oversaw a team that was the only team in NFL history to have a seven game losing streak, zero and seven, followed by a seven game winning streak, and they finished you know nine and eight with. You know, pretty good team, and finally Tua is starting to, you know, mature and ground into form. Bring back the identity
0: of of the Dolphins as a winning franchise.
1: Right. Exactly, he seemed to be turning things around, and then he's fired mysteriously. So, help by the way, he could probably pick whatever job he wants next. People around They're the Giants. league recognize. Yeah, well, you know what? If you're the Giants, if you're if you're a fan of any team in the NFC East, not named New York, and you see Brian Flores coming to New York, where or- we're in deep, deep, deep shit. He'd be a great coach for them. But the, the rumor, the scuttlebutt was, it was nothing not really so much the way he coached, but apparently the owner of the Dolphins is no fan of Tua and Flores' insistence on sticking with Tua. And last year they had a chance to make the playoffs and they had Ryan Fitzpatrick on the bench and they started Tua and, you know, they, by the time Flores got around to bring in Fitzpatrick in that final game... You know, it was too little, too late, and so Ross, the owner, doesn't like, didn't like, I guess, the way that Flores was backing Tua over Ross's objections, and so Ross said, I'm the owner, you're the coach, get out, you're fired. Now, what does this mean for Tua? Maybe the Dolphins trade Tua in an attempt to get Deshaun Watson. That was the popular rumor last season that the team, the number one team looking for or. Possibly in the running to trade for Watson was Miami. Maybe now that happens. Now that Flores has been ousted, but if that's the case, man, that is spitey That is cutting off your nose to spite your face because Flores is a good coach, one of the few Belichick disciples that actually is doing well in the NFL. And again, he took a team that was dead, you know, a team that was you know f- won five games miraculously in a season which they were tanking. And now, you know, they've won 19 games in the last two years. He's been the most successful coach they've had in a long, long time there. So I don't know what the plan is in Miami. I guess we'll find out. But I'm surprised he was let go. And as I said, he'll be coaching somewhere next year. I promise you that. I promise both he and Fangio will be somewhere on an NFL team. Fangio probably is a defensive coordinator, and Flores probably um, as a head coach somewhere.
0: And if he's not... Then we'll know it was something behind the scenes, because everybody's surprised right. about this firing. So maybe yep. there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know. The about.
1: the players though have come out in support of him, so I don't think he lost the locker room. I think this might just be a, a difference of opinion over you know football operations. Maybe he we, ran over the
0: uh, the owner's dog. Who knows? Possibly. We don't know.
1: But when I saw that, you know, I expected to see Zimmer. You saw
0: the owner's dog get run over by what?
1: No, you no, saw it? No, oh. I, when I saw Flores' name <laughs> on the list, because I got this, you know, these updates on my phone. I, I Fangio was kind of a surprise, but not as big a surprise. And I knew Zimmer and Nagy, but I saw Flores. I said, Flores, did he resign? I mean, the, why would you fire this guy? He's turned the team around. His players love him. Well, you know, who knows? But again, he'll be somewhere. Now the real question is, does one of these teams, do one of these teams pick up or try to go after Jim Harbaugh? And what did the Raiders do with rich Bisaccia? Um, he turned that team around, got them through a very difficult time, got them into the playoffs. So if they win a playoff game, and I, I think, I think you got to keep them. I don't think you can. I think you got to take that interim label off him. Think of the money they'd be saving too. Yeah. So who knows? It'll be interesting. Even if they lose that playoff game, I, consider they won 10 games with everything that happened to that team, uh, you got to think about if you're Mark Davis, you got to think about keeping him, you know, at least for a season or two players like him, players played for him. They respond to him. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And that's all I got for you. Brandon Staley, by the way, let me just say, he's not fired. He's not going anywhere, but this is a guy who's going to outcoach himself. (laughs) His insistence on, you know, going for from fourth down when you're on your own 18-yard line, because that's what the analytics and the charts say. You know, they've lost, the Chargers have lost a lot of games because of coaching decisions or in the last minute. And that's kind of what got his predecessor fired, Anthony Lynn. So what have they really accomplished there? You know, I talked about the culture of a team and living up to that culture. Maybe, you know, there's this aura about the Chargers that they lose in Close tight games all the time, and so they feel like they have to live up to that. I don't know, but Staley's going to coach himself right out of the league if he keeps you know clinging to analytics the way he does. You know he's a he's a Sean McVay disciple, and that's you know that's what McVay does. So I don't know. I, if I'm a Chargers fan, I'm none too happy that Staley is still coaching. But maybe he turns it around. Let's see what he does next year. Maybe he's learned some lessons this year. But to me, he's on the hot seat to be one of the Black Monday victims next year if the Chargers don't make the playoffs.
0: Yeah, big whoop.
1: You heard big it whoop, here, man.
0: First. Big whoop. All right, that's well, hold it. On before we leave the NFL arena here, two things. Did you hear about the uh, the NFL fan who's got the eight billion dollar lawsuit against the Giants and the Jets for <sighs> being fake New York teams? No,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: eight billion dollars.
0: Yes, you read that correctly. I was even damaged by this. Neither the New York Giants nor the New York Jets, which are obviously supposed to represent the greater New York metropolitan area, actually play their home games there in New Jersey. Instead, the team's real seat of power lies at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And nobody's more upset about this fact than one particular fan from New York, who, according to the New York Daily News, has taken legal action at a Manhattan federal court this January. The lawsuit demands that both the Giants and the Jets abandon MetLife Stadium in New Jersey, return to play in New York in two, by two, 2025. Court papers also indicate in the event they refuse to do so, they should be offered to rebrand the East Rutherford... They should rebrand themselves to the East Rutherford Jets Giants for as long as they play in the Garden State. There you go. Uh, the lawsuit is seeking U.S. $2 billion... In monetary damages, in, and, and another $4 billion in punitive damages, with legal claims, claims against the teams, including false advertising and deceptive practices, Rob.
1: Oh, I like the deceptive practices. That's fantastic.
0: All right. Uh, the lawsuit claims the plaintiff and the class, which includes all Giants and Jets fans that actually reside in New York, have suffered mental and emotional damage, including depression, sadness, and anxiety, as a result of the defendants, the Jets, and the Giants' conduct over all these years well, playing I, I, can,
1: I can tell you one thing. The uh-huh. Washington Redskins train in Virginia and play their games in Maryland, and ain't nobody from D.C. going to file a lawsuit saying, we want, we, want this to, we want them to actually be either D.C. and no one in Maryland or Virginia is claiming that they should be calling themselves the Maryland or Virginia you know, commanders or admirals or whatever they're going to be called.
0: Well, here we go. The last paragraph, and this is from BossHunting.com, ladies and gentlemen. Granted, this all sounds a little ridiculous, and the disgruntled fan likely a won't little. win. <laughs> like, won't <laughs> win. But, um, Abdiel Suero does have a valid point. He's the guy making the lawsuit. The right. franchise's profit from the iconic New York branding, and fans probably shouldn't have to experience that much difficulty traveling to home games, which is a nightmare any Jets-Giants fan will tell you. Going out to each other, especially when the teams are as bad at the sport as the Jets and the Giants. For that reason alone, they owe their fans eight billion dollars. That's quite the class action. I wonder how they would
1: divide that. You know what? I we joke about it, but I'm I'm if it doesn't get thrown right out of court, I'm curious where that goes. Can you imagine the precedent that would set? If that makes it to court and God forbid the fans actually win, that could be groundbreaking.
0: It could be ground back. Okay, last well, I can't I can't let this go without your uh, your take on. Uh, I see you're wearing the the old colors and name of the former team that used to have that very. Um, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, it's the it's artist
1: not, formerly known as the Potatoes. Yes, the those guys. So your your,
0: fo- your favorite football team is about to announce its name. They believe it's been leaked. Admirals, Commanders. Um, <laughs> where where you at here, Rob? On this whole thing.
1: Why are you trying to hurt me? <laughs> hey, look, we try-
0: need to talk about this. This is your team. Uh,
1: Look, I've seen, let me, I'll start with the good first. I've seen the 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 leaked, like, patches of keeping uniform. The keeping the okay? colors. Keeping the colors. Okay, the colors are great. The uniforms look like they're going to be great. I like the the, the dark red. and the. It, it looks like the throwbacks they wear when they do the throwback games. It It's, it's nice. It's got the stars with the DC flag on it. Okay, uh, they, they didn't mess up the uniforms. As long as they don't do the awful burgundy on burgundy You know, I like to see different colored pants and shirt. Okay. However, first of all, no name is going to be satisfying. As long as it's not Washington football team, anything is going to be better than that. They're not going to go with something cheesy like the monuments. Washington admirals just sounds, what's the word I'm looking for? Stupid. <laughs> At least commanders... You know, Commanders is an awful name, but it's the best of a lot of bad names. The The Washington Defenders, that was a spring football league oh, team. Uh,
0: for the I, Red Wolves, man, that would have been
1: well, awesome. Yeah, I, was, I thought, okay, fine. I, I'd finally come around to, okay, if it's going to be Red Wolves, I, I, I can't be too upset about. It. it has red in it. You can keep a lot of the... Stuff that they, you know, the HTTR and Hail to the Red Wolves sounds like Hail to the Redskins And the song. You can keep Hail to the Redskins except rebranded as Hail to the Red Wolves. A lot you can do with the Red Wolves. And apparently, there's a lot of trademark problems with Red Wolves. And my feeling is money always talks and everything else walks. If Cleveland could somehow finagle the name Guardians away from a professional roller derby team, whatever it was.
0: It's an awful name, by the way. Great guards, name for logo. a movie, but not a baseball team.
1: Cleveland Guardians and the logo, it's just, it's all shit. I'm glad I'm not a fan of that team. But yes. I, if Washington really wanted to be the Red Wolves, they would have found a way. This is Dan Snyder, after all. He finds mm-hmm. a way to crush people like Grape because he's got the money to do so. I don't know, you know, the real reason why they're not going with the Red Wolves. I hope they don't go with Red Tails, only because, as cool as that is, the story behind it and the logo. It's got the word tails in it, and, and that can't be good when you talk about a team. Hey, the tails. Uh, it's just, no, no. Too many ass jokes. <laughs> the Redskins make their own jokes without their name being the source of even more uh, amusement. So, uh, you know, I if just, it's going to be can't, commanders, yeah, I look, can't. I'm always going to call them the Redskins. That's the bottom line. But I will oh, root for them.
0: You said yes. the word. But, Don't but here's say that the, word on the station. Here's the Derogatory.
1: thing. Here's the thing. And I, and I can't stress this enough. When the new name is announced and the new logo, even though they have the same colors, and the team that I rooted for and loved, low these 52 years, they're dead. They're gone. And I'll be rooting for an expansion team. <laughs> I'm going to look at them as though they started their, their, their operations in 2022 moving forward. The team that won three Super Bowls and two other NFL championships and in all the glory... That team doesn't exist anymore. That's a healthy if I look way at it look like at. that, I, like it. I, c- I can accept it. If I look at it like this is a team that used to be the Washington Vermont skins, uh, <laughs> then I'm, I'm always, <laughs> always going to be sad. I'm always going to be angry. And yeah. I'm tired of being angry. You know, if I treat this like an expansion team, I have zero expectations and zero dreams. I just, you know what, whatever happens, hey, you win eight games, seven games, great. You're an expansion team. That's what we expect. That's this is me completely rationalizing this entire situation. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. it just for your th- again, thankfully, it's not going to be ad- I mean, uh, monuments, and they're not going to keep Washington football team. Ugh. You
0: know what I hate? Anything like Commanders, Admirals. You know, I just think of the generals. Yeah. All that stuff reminds. It's like, what was that league called years ago?
1: The USFL. Oh, is coming back.
0: It's horrible. It's but sneaking back into our consciousness. I mean, this hey, this I love an the AFL USF. name. I I mean, Red Wolves just would have been awesome. No. Just thinking the paraphernalia, the hats, the shirts, the the mascot. It just would have been fantastic. I would have loved it. And even wolves might have been a like i you know, almost a respectful way you, you think of dances with wolves, the movie and the the history of the You know, the Indian, the positive side of all that stuff. But the commanders, the (laughs) admirals. I I, I would would, 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 want to, you know, me and my whole Maryland thing and all that other stuff and D.C. Mm -hmm. and everything. I think that, you know, with the whole Naval Academy down there. But, look, it is what it is. But I think you have a very rational way. I like that. Redskins are gone, the whole team, the history and all that stuff. Put it in the NFL Hall of Fame and all that stuff. Something to look back on. Yeah, Those are great days. I think that's a healthy way to look at it.
1: And one more thing about the name, and this is, there's a guy I listened to who does a more, who did a morning show, not as a podcast here in DC, name is Al Galdi. He he put it this way about a name. The best names uh, are ones that can be shortened to a one syllable nickname, like, you know, the Yankees, you know, the Yanks, the Orioles, the O's, um, you know, uh, the Metropolitans or the Mets, the Knickerbockers or the Knicks, um, with Redskins, it was skins. With Commanders or Admirals, it's a lot of syllables. You know, the Nationals are the Nats. The Capitals are the Caps. The Red Wings are the Wings. The wing.
0: Avalanche or even the Avs.
1: The Avs. I mean, it's just nice to... to it, 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 the quick burst instead of the full name. What are you going to call them? The Durs? The Ads?
0: I like Washington Football Club. I no. No. Team-
1: because <laughs> because too many... Too many uh, uh, I can't believe Wolfskins media, didn't get in there. Listen, too many members of the media <laughs> called them just the football team. Just call them Washington. Don't call them the football team. That just you're 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 sticking a knife in the backs of all the fans every time you say the football team. Again, like you're buying generic beer. <laughs> just call them Washington. At least they'll have a name. Or hop tea that tastes like yes. Beer. Don't just call it tea. Don't just call it soda. Anyway. Uh yes that, that is my rationale for whatever the new team name is and um you know we'll see ask me again next year when the Admirals get off to an zero and four okay. start and and people are talking about hey the Admirals are captaining a sinking ship nah <laughs> it's just just you know, file a the lawsuit themselves a
0: lawsuit against the uh, no just like you this wait. guy in New York here. Get some hey, damage because to... you are obviously going through some emotional feelings here, some anxiety, some depression. I mean, this is having a huge effect on you, and you should wait probably till still.
1: we get the dope of the week. Which you know,
0: wow, look at that time. We're uh, almost at that point. It's well, this a... is what we're gonna do, ladies and gentlemen. We're, we're we're a little out of sync here at the Honchos here, and it's the Happy Hanchos. Uh, welcome back to uh, the New Year 2022 episode. We're gonna we're gonna we're just gonna skip. We're gonna take a big leap here, okay? <laughs> All right, and I'm going to say this, I'm not going to fire up the music. Well, this is, I'm just going to say we usually the NHL, the NBA, and the MLB at this time. Um Rob, is there anything you want to just you have to get anything off your chest as far as any of these this stuff that you wrote down? All right, cuz if not, I think we should just beeline for the dope of the week. All right. And then and finish the show with some remaining thoughts or something like that, but Sure. Anything here that you wanna wanna
1: I, do? I, well, and I just want to point out that the and let me get my NBA standings so, here. You know, I would like to give you a, just a quick Ingleside Lakers update. But yes, and Lakers, fill
0: everybody in who's listening for the first time why we call on the Ingleside Lakers?
1: Because they're old. <laughs> they and all Ingleside belong in a retirement is... community. Ingleside is a retirement community here in the DC area, yeah, a very yeah. expensive Thank one, you. I might add. Hey, they take care of you. Not that it matters because you're completely oblivious if you're a resident there. Uh the the Ingleside Lakers are 21 and 20 and they have scoring 112 points a game and giving up 112 points a game. They are the perfect 500 uh organization. Sounds
0: like champs to me, baby.
1: And but no one cares. It's only about the playoffs in the NBA. And uh Major League Baseball has Uh, resumed plans to resume talks with the major league baseball players association. And again, those talks will probably go nowhere. Call me when it's a week or two before spring training starts and the checks start to dry up. And lastly, uh, kudos to your New York Yankees for hiring the first, uh, female manager of a professional baseball team. Uh, Rachel, let me see if I get the name right. Rachel Balkovich for the Tampa Tarpons. I don't know what a tarpon is, but fish. that's your your A League. they all, all the teams league.
0: down there are named besides the Lightning, they're all named after Fish.
1: Oh, okay. So good for New York. Except and I the will jaguars. say this, they're not named I'll say fish. the same thing that I said when Miami hired Ing. Um, Ng. What's Michelle Ng? Misses uh, Miss Ng. Miss Miss Ng as their uh, you know president of baseball operations. It doesn't matter to me. Man, woman, color, of skin, ethnicity, religion. Best uh, for the job. Is is this the best person for the job? And and this and Rachel has certainly paid her dues uh in baseball. She's done a lot, uh, hitting instructor, et cetera, et cetera. And you know what? If it works, great. If it doesn't work, she'll be held to the same standard as anyone else, and uh, you know, if she can't do it, she'll be fired. It doesn't mean that women will never get a job you in baseball. You can't
0: get fired unless you're given the chance.
1: Right. So I good for her. And ass. this is not just a, you know, let's do this so we look like we're, you know, woke and progressive. You know, the Yankees chose someone at the minor league level, which is where you should start your managerial career. Um, who clearly, you know, had the had the chops, had the background. So, good job on the Yankees part.
0: Dig it. Uh, you want him to say anything about this LeBron uh, Glenn he, concert thing? No. Are you good with that? Uh, are you Ken Ross? That's star? a very local story. All right. So we'll. <laughs> If that kind of grows into anything else, you'll let us know. Ken Rosenthal yes. fired from MLB Network. He yeah, can has can't his job at the Atlantic. Uh, not the Atlantic. The Athletic and Fox. He's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, You can't talk bad about Rob Manfred if you work for a network that's run by the, team, the organization for which he's the commissioner. That's the bottom line on Ken Rosenthal. But you're right. He's with Fox. He's with the Athletic. He doesn't need MLB
0: Network. He'll be fine. No. He'll be fine. And He'll be fine. Uh, as far as the NHL... Um, Look, uh, a lot of teams uh, eventually coming back. The COVID thing has been a mess the way, you know, it is what it is. We'll 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 get back into hockey here next week. Um, obviously not going to uh, the Far East for the Olympics. They're going to make up all these games. Um, but two things for me in the NHL is getting all these teams caught up and getting these teams playing again and also getting fans back in the building up uh, north of the border there in Canada. Um, so we got a lot of time left for hockey uh, the hey, Classic. when's the trade
1: deadline, by the way?
0: Uh, I think it's gonna be in April this year. I'm pretty really because sure. the Caps in a goaltender.
1: <laughs> wow,
0: that's all right. Did you watch the Winter and Classic? Guess who?
1: Guess who, uh, guess who has an expiring contract that uh, folks around here are say we should bring back? Who? And I'd be okay with that, by the way. Good old Braden Holtby.
0: Really? Huh?
1: Yeah. Hmm. I'd be ha- I'd, I'd be perfectly okay if they did that just just to just for this to finish the year uh, and the see caps if they are gonna a right. another- they're going to be all right.
0: They're one of the top five in the league, buddy. Don't worry about it.
1: I'm fine. not, I'm just, but you know that that's the goaltending has been Don't shaky to say much, the
0: least. Man. You should sue the Caps too. They're giving you too much anxiety. No. In
1: the Listen, the Caps for me doesn't matter what they do the rest of my life. Like I, we got our cup. I'm happy. That's laziness.
0: From- Ranger what? fans are lazy like that. That's laziness. No, you want to win. To of back course I want dance. to win. Of course I want to win,
1: but if they don't, I'm like, well, at least we have one. There you go. It's all right. <laughs> but we don't have the rich history in hockey that the Ranger fans have. Wow. So we're – we we, our standards a are a lot lower.
0: You know, I'm look, I'm a diehard Ranger fan, but everybody's got to relax a little bit. I mean, since 94, it was, what, 41s before that. We're, we're, what, 26, almost 27 years since we – one in 94 we got there in 2014 i mean we've, we've gotten to the playoffs a lot we've gotten to the conference finals a lot we've taken out your yeah, capitals I, we've I, had a lot of fun there's a lot of
1: hand-wringing in new york for no reason
0: but um you know we haven't, the, we haven't won a
1: lot but you've got the and you've got the best weird chant in all of hockey where even ranger fans will yell pot van sucks even though you know it's just it's just so weird to to hear Ranger fans yelling that
0: every fan base has their little thing,
1: yeah. I love it. No, I love it. It's just weird.
0: We also have Dance and Larry. Nobody else has Dance and Larry. We have Dance and Larry, and you a have Larry, fellow, uh, a fellow, um, um, hair follicle, um, guy like yourself, another a follically challenged individual. Yes, that's the, nice, yeah, that's looking, yeah. So, um, but anyway, we'll get into more hockey as, as things kind of turn the corner here for the league. Uh, the Bruins are beating the Canadians 4-1 right now. Uh, we'll see. There's gonna be some trades coming up, some moves. But yeah. you know, you know, like a team like the Islanders hasn't played in two weeks. They're back tomorrow night. All the COVID protocols, all this stuff, the Omicron, the scare, I mean, it's just been it is what it is, but the NHL really, you know, they, they were pretty much the only league that paused. And now they're yep. not going to the Olympics, so they're gonna use that two weeks to make up all these games and so on and so forth. The All-Star game's coming up. And the trading deadline, but like I said, we get to the other side of the next week or two. Right. I think I would feel better talking about the league when everybody's playing again. Right. All right, pal. Yep. Okay, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in the year of our Lord, 2022. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, it's so sure. Top, oh! ah! Dope, Dope of the week! week! Dope of the week. That's
1: awesome, dude. Uh, and you know, even though I was on vacation, enjoying some family time up in the mountains, the Gags Gang was still super hard in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex, coming up with this week's winner. And you, Mr. and Mrs. Podcast listener, can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by m- nominating your own Dope of the Week. Please do be using the hashtag DOTW on Twitter. That's at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage at sports honchos at go sports media co any or all of those will work and who will be carrying the mythical sports honchos dope of the week cup around the ice rink of shame this week. That's right. But I mentioned this organization earlier in the show, Jason Wright, <laughs> president of the Washington football. Wait, God, yeah. You know, I almost made it through an entire season without awarding the DOTW to a member of this junior varsity organization with which I had been in an abusive relationship for the last 22 years. But sadly, I found this lump of coal under my Hanukkah bush this holiday season. I am so glad, by the way, that Christmas is your side of the street, or it would have ruined the most wonderful time of the year. So get comfortable, my friends, and excuse me while I whip out this DOTW. In August of 2020, Wright was hired as team president of the Wolfed Skins. Wright was given the unenviable task of cleaning up the off-field mess Created by this franchise since the start of little Danny Snyder's reign of terror, Wright, the first person of color to be hired as president of an NFL franchise, as well as the youngest current president at the ripe old age of 39, certainly has the pedigree both on and off the field. He graduated from Northwestern, where he also played football. He was the MVP of the 2003 Motor City Bowl and a member of the 2003 All Big Ten teams. He played seven years in the NFL. After that, he got his MBA from the University of Chicago, and he worked at McKinsey & Company, a prestigious management consulting firm. However, despite all the background and training and credentials, Wright fell victim to what many a Redskins executive has in the past. He went through what some here in town have called the reverse car wash that is this franchise. He goes in clean, and he comes out tainted. (laughs) While head coach Ron Rivera is responsible for everything that happens on the field, Wright is the man in charge of all things non-football related, answering only to the Snyders. This includes communications and public relations. Handling PR for this franchise has got to be the worst job in America, uh, worse even than the guy who has to mop the floors at adult movie theaters and pay by the hour motels. Now, Wright has done a fairly good job so far considering the cards he has been dealt. He has a much more polished and professional face to the franchise than the possibly exiled owner, Danny Snyder. Who can forget Snyder's awkward performance at a press conference in January 2020 when he introduced Ron Rivera as head coach of the Skins? Good
0: afternoon. Um, first of all, happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
1: Not sure, Wright oversaw a few missteps under his watch, like the Sean Taylor jersey retirement fiasco and the ham-handed way he has managed the name change, but there was nothing that had his personal stamp on it until now. Since this is the 21st century, Wright communicates team information through social media platforms like Twitter. This way he can engage with the rank-and-file fans of the team, ah, uh, those who are left, that is. On Christmas evening, the day before the Skins were set to face Dallas, Wright, from his personal Twitter account, tweeted a delightful holiday photo to Nation. This heartwarming scene, like something out of a Rankin and Bass Christmas special, showed Santa and a snowman urinating on a Dallas Cowboys helmet. Hey, happy holidays, everybody! Now, I like some good old-fashioned trash-talking as much as the next guy, but I also like to keep one eye on the scoreboard as well. At the time, the Skins were 6 and 8, and the Cowboys were 10 and 4. Did this tweet rally the troops to a dramatic come from behind win against a hated rival? Not even close. The Skins took the field on Sunday and then promptly laid down tits up against the Blue Stars. Not only did they get did they not win, but they were gutted. 56-14 in a game that featured the Skins getting intercepted on their first offensive play, a 42-7 to 7 halftime deficit, and a fistfight between two of their biggest defensive stars. The only drama in this game was whether Dallas would lay a 60-burger on their heads. Thankfully, they didn't, by the way. It is not as though they were coming off a winning streak, either. The Eagles beat them uh, the game before, and two games earlier, they were thoroughly trounced by the very same Cowboys upon whom they were pissing. Now, it's okay for a coach or a player to engage in that kind of trash-talking, maybe, but the president of an NFL team uh, should know better, especially the president of a team whose corporate motto is, you should have known better. This is not an organization that can weather any more public embarrassment off the field. There is enough of that happening inside the stadium. And to make matters worse, right after weathering this firestorm of pushback, on that tweet had the chance to restore his dignity with a public acknowledgment of his mistake and a possible apology. In typical Skins fashion, this past slipped through his fingers. Here was his tweeted response, and I'll read it verbatim for all of you out there. Friends, hashtag BeatDallas tweets are meant in good fun. I see irreverent, pointed exchanges as the superficial and fun ways that fans pay homage to a historic and meaningful rivalry, a rare space where foolishness is not at odds with professional respect. I mean, for you... To enjoy without angst. Simple translation chill, (laughs) just jokes. I would have stood up and applauded if that tweet had ended with chill, just jokes, wait for it, like this franchise. Now that would have been funny and would certainly have deflected criticism away from the team itself, which is also something the president of an NFL franchise should be doing. Before we depart, you're probably wondering if this bit of holiday cheer from Santa Jason inspired his team to, quote, win one for the Snyder after the fiasco in Dallas. Well, once again, happy holidays. After this game, they went out the following week and shit the bed against the Eagles in D.C. The team even tried to kill Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts when a part of the stands collapsed on him because too many Eagles fans were in this section. Classic woofskins. So, Jason Wright? For making the worst public address by a president since Jimmy Carter's malaise speech in 1979, history joke. For giving Skins fans their worst Christmas gifts since socks and underwear. And for being the worst face of an organization since Jared from Subway, you, are the Sports Honchos Dope of the Week. Congrats, Jason. Your certificate is in the mail, along with all the other letters to Santa.
0: Way to go, Jason! Woo-hoo-hoo. Hey, buddy, I don't mind getting socks and underwear for Christmas.
1: Boy, that felt good. Well, you know, it depends upon the underwear.
0: <laughs> oh my brother, your poor football team. Yeah. Unbelievable. That,
1: that was very cathartic, by the way. I'm glad we did that.
0: I feel so much better. I feel lighter. Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff, man. I missed the DOTW, man. It's a good one, man.
1: No, well, you know that's that's why I you know I keep the gags gang working. They don't get a vacation. They still got to you know pump out these you know that's comedy right. gems.
0: That's right. We don't have a uh, any short staff. Nope. Our team because they're chained to their desks.
1: But they do life. keep socially distant. The basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex is very big, so there's a plenty of distance between all the workers, huge and they wear
0: masks. It is huge, mongous. Yep. Well, there it is, folks. Episode forty-eight. In the books, only two left, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, two left.
1: <laughs> two left, and uh, I think just be- before we depart, let me just say I know since the last time we were here, we lost some great ones: Betty White, Bob yeah. Saget, John Madden, Sidney Poitier, Dan Reeves, Don Maynard. Look, uh, maybe in future shows we'll talk about them. But what a what a way to start the year in terms of you know some of the legends in entertainment and even in sports. But Willie Mays. Willie Mays, baby! Still with us. Still with us! Willie Mays, still going strong in 2022.
0: Long live Willie, baby. All yep. good stuff. And uh, congrats to Keith Hernandez and all you Mets fans out there. His number getting retired. That's
1: yeah, lovely. and so uh, Jim Katz number is getting retired in Minnesota, too. So that's two well-deserved honors. Lovely stuff. Yep.
0: Lovely stuff. Mr. Best CUNY?
1: mustache in sports, uh, Keith Hernandez. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. God, he's
0: dreamy. There you go. Well, I'm gonna mail you a gold star for your performance, as we have turned back the honchos as we Thank head you, into sir. a new a new year here. Thank you. That ghost. New Sports year, Media new Group. voice. Hey, now, yeah, buddy. Grace, Sexy. actually, know what? You know, I'm sending Grace a bottle of wine.
1: Send her the gold star.
0: Yeah, and no, the bottle of wine. Star. Go right on that nice with your uh, Redskins uh, sweatshirt. That you Thank wear. you. Alright, as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning back in with us here at the Honchos. We're back. We're looking forward to it. Lots of good stuff coming up. Uh, we will um, we'll be here for Rob as the football season is slowly coming to an end leading up to the big game here.
1: It's sad. I'm counting the days. That's alright. Rob, Great. any Bad. final
0: words for the folks? Well, it's
1: 2022, but like I always tell you, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Rate us, review us, download, subscribe, the whole thing. Follow, whatever you have to do. Creepily stalk us at night, peering through the bushes, while we're, you know, having dinner, whatever you have to do. We thank you for listening. We thank you for the love. This weekend, it's a big holiday weekend, lots of football. Be nice to each other. Again, if you see Willie Mays or his family, give him a hug, a nice kiss on the forehead. (laughs) Be nice to each other. Be safe. And as always, peace.
0: Well, what's everywhere at Sports Honcho. Say hi to me and Rob on the Twitterverse. All right? Honcho's out, baby! See you next week. Woo!